And welcome back to WTF and Von Adil, Meal Before Zod, Snoochie Boochies, with Spicy and... <laughs> I like this, I get to introduce myself, Katie, aka Sea Cookies. And today, this is the first of what is to be the filler episodes, maybe the last, who knows. There is no Fox today, this is going to be recorded out of order, and then uploaded while I'm over there gallivanting around a different country. Yeah, where where are you going? Oh, Germany. Oh, okay, that would make sense. I remember when I first joined the Discord, I think you said like welcome in German or something and I I always say I that to people it... just to be a an obnoxious obtuse tool. <laughs> well, I looked at it, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's saying hi, but let me just control C no, he's saying Google, welcome. control V. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, like the Is that um Spanish? have you been trying to learn German? here and there for many years. <laughs> I, I do too many things at once to focus on one thing. So yes, I I try and then I go, oh, well, I need to finish editing the ZNM table I started making. Uh, let me just do that today instead. That's understandable, but I mean, learning a language is pretty tough. I have not really attempted, so. It takes dedication. And in my case, I just express the opposite of dedication, but in time, hopefully. Maybe someday. I like that. So, uh, you came recommended via Funkworks. I did, yes. Um, so, I, I guess a little bit about myself with people who are like, who, who the hell is she? Um, I was a long-time 11 player for years and years and years. Uh, some familiar thing to say. And then uh, took about an 11-year break. Right around the same time, a lot of people quit uh, during the Wings of the Goddess when they, uh, when they announced the initial level cap increase. Uh, and I was... I was very much against it and i think it oh, coincided you were one of those people well I, yeah i remember the I time yeah i didn't like change and i didn't the 99 to me just indicated the movement toward a more casual game which perhaps was maybe the wrong interpretation but i was also at a point in my life too where i was preparing uh you know end of high school getting ready for college stuff like that so it kind of ended up just being that thing that was like okay I'm going to call it on this game for right now. I'd been doing Endgame for a long time at that point. Um, and I ended up, actually one of my friends who I'd originally played Eleven with like so long ago, came into my chat on Twitch and was like, hey, have you uh, considered ever trying to get your account back? And this was right after I'd gotten my uh, Carbuncle tattoo. And Oh, the he rabbit hole is like, going deeper now. Yes, now. <laughs> yes. I have I have two Final Fantasy XI tattoos because it is my favorite game of all time. I have a Home Point Crystal, and then I have Carbuncle. Um, and so I just on on stream, I decided I was like, "What the hell? I'll go to Square Enix. I'll get onto a support ticket, and I'll try and get my account." And I realized that I still had the original box, that Final Fantasy XI box for PC. And it still had the booklet in it that I had written down my play online ID in and it had all my registration codes. So I was able to provide that information to them and they actually still had the account, which kind of blew my mind that they had it and they were able to release it to me. And uh, so now about the, the past month or so, I've just slowly been getting back into the game and uh, it's really, it's really been a ton of fun. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was a long journey, but we got here. I only have one Final Fantasy tattoo and get teased about it uh, nonstop by my wife. So, <laughs> wait, what is it? It's the Tazona on my arm. So, okay. I mean, hey, I have everyone is like, is that Vaporeon? And I'm like, no, you uncultured <laughs> swine. It's Carbuncle. But, you know, it's the Indian Vaporeon. 
Yeah, it's hard. I have, uh, there's some side accents to it. It's actually some of the job icons from Final Fantasy 14 because we didn't have that in 11. Uh, and I did play 14, funny enough, all through college. But um, yeah, unfortunately, everyone, everyone thinks it's Vaporeon, but really it's a cute blue chubby squirrel looking animal. I guess it depends on how well it was done. Uh, really well. It. Uh, I, I really like my artist. I'm considering, that's the problem with tattoos, Spicy, is that you get one and everyone tells you, hey, you're going to get tattoo fever. Everyone who gets one suddenly wants more. And they're not wrong because now I'm like, what if I add carb or what if I add Garuda and Shiva and Fenrir? What if I end up just with a sleeve of Final Fantasy 11 avatars? So it might happen someday. Who knows? I wanted to do my whole left arm in a styling of uh, like Yggdrasil on the back. So the uh, the Norse tree or the mm -hmm. one we fight in the game, not because it's game, but just having Yggdrasil. And then having like uh, Hugin and Mugen, the Ravens of Odin, uh, over it with then uh, the uh, anarchy uh, symbol in their eyes. And then just, just like a, a kind of like a black and white, but shadowed and detailed kind of, you know, world tree down my arm with, with different sort of bullshit in it that would be interesting. It would take would a lot of- Would you do it in color or black and white? Probably black and white. I don't think color would be necessary for this kind of idea and image. I mean, that's fair. All of mine are in color, so probably the remaining ones would be too. The only black and white I'm going to get someday is I want to get the uh, the birthday grunt skull from Halo uh. at some point. But no, I think uh, I feel like even the, the Ravens from Odin, but I don't know if anyone's ever just gotten a straight like Final Fantasy Odin style tattoo. And that would look incredible in black and white. Yeah, it would. It would probably need some gray, though. That looks very good with gray, black and white. But my Tazona's in color, so it's not. How long ago did you get it? Mm, I was dating Carrot at the time, so not terribly long ago. Uh, five years ago or so? Yeah, it's you know, it's funny to me. So when Funk originally found his way into my channel and uh, took great pleasure in both helping me but laughing at my failures as I bumbled around in the game and just got used to everything again, like... Re remaking summoner macros i put that off for so long and finally they were all losing their mind because i was just manually going through everything which was like it's like when you don't want to fold the laundry so you keep just putting all this effort into finding other clothes instead of just taking the time to fold the laundry i wear them out of the basket actually. i don't know what you guys do so <laughs> it took me a while to actually just sit down and make them and now i can't believe i did that but um no it was it was funny initially when uh kind of funk came in and told me about the podcast um and because i think we might have been having a discussion i don't even know and he mentioned it and uh so i started listening and i was really enjoying it because whether i'm working out getting ready doing whatever i i really prefer podcasts and um it's it's funny when you listen to enough episodes of something that you start to learn things about people yeah. even though you haven't actually met them and it gives you this false sense of familiarity that makes it a bit awkward when you actually meet someone and have conversation as we are now because I'm sitting here I'm like oh yeah Karen and like the wedding episode and all of this <laughs> you don't you, we don't have that rapport yet so that, that's always kind of funny to me it's always to me like, I don't get that false familiarity personally. It's not, I understand it completely. I never get that because, you know, just because I've listened to X, Y, Z, I don't really know that person because personally, I try to limit what I put out here because I only want us to be so familiar. I don't want us to be, you know, 
oh, did you know, uh, you know, he was born this time, this day in this hospital, and he really likes to eat like, you know, like if I say like balsamic, that's one thing. If I say all of my favorite foods and everyone can say them, then that's, that's a little, that's a little too intimate. Well, and that's a problem, right? I think that's something that can happen even in mediums like Twitch is that you reveal so much of yourself for better or for worse that it does make people who are maybe not even acquaintances in the traditional sense. It makes them feel like they are closer to you than they actually are, which can lead to some um, interesting situations. I will say, but notice it is just funny now that, uh, and it, it's really a, a big treat for me. Um, when Funk was like, Hey, maybe you could go on. And I was like, wow, that'd be really cool because I, this is my absolute favorite game of all time. So the chance to just talk about it and kind of engage with it outside of playing the game is, is really fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to call myself a manipulative sociopath or anything, but in the real world, I also excel at making people feel like they know by giving them plenty of irrelevant details, but not actually telling them important things. So they get this whole like, you know, uh, oh, he's eating rice, you know, that kind of, you know, that like I'll give him every detail. Like, you know, I made waffles to, you know, all the things I do here somewhat, but with more irrelevant nonsense uh, or just more commentary on nonsense. And then people think that they have an image of me. And then I just kind of I, I, it's not a real image. It's just something I've constructed as somewhat of a, uh, you know. Uh, a cloak in order so I can comfortably operate within the the bound like, instead of stating and setting boundaries in a healthy manner it's a lot easier to just let people believe a smoke and thing. mirrors yeah it's <laughs> I like it I wouldn't say it's to the extent of smoke and mirrors but it's it's somewhat in that vein of, of trying to do that where you can you know instead of telling people that's none of your business you just you just give them something and then just move on to you know not giving them what they really wanted I like it. Just give them their crumbs. Yes. And they, they always, and they feel like, you know, you're, you're super close and this and that, but it's like, you know, I, I've had to correct many people who are like, we're friends. And I'm like, mm. Oh no. Oh yeah. I, I've had people like, yeah, you mm. want, you want to hang out? I'm like, no, no, I don't. Sorry. And they, they look at me like they're baffled. Like, you know, like, like I thought we were friends. It's like, we're, 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 we're associates. We're colleagues. We're not, we're not, you know, we're an acquaintance. We're not friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it's a that, tough conversation to have. It's yeah, very tough and definitely tricky on because the person's going to end up feel having hurt feelings no matter what. And then I think sometimes can incorrectly attribute that as being your fault, as opposed to maybe acknowledging that the relationship just wasn't exactly what they thought it was. Correct. And it's, it takes, I can't expect people to be that uh, introspective and have that maturity. Oh no, everything is everyone else's fault. So it also feeds into the narrative of, you know, you're an asshole, spicy, but uh, you know, you're, you're this, you know, that, that. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like you're an asshole, but you're our asshole, that kind of thing. So <laughs> it always fits. If I say like that, it fits perfectly into that uh, perceived image that people have. It's not like I live a double life or something. It's just like, I'll give you an idea, but it's just an idea. Yeah, there you go. You can get a, you can get a little bit, but that's all you get. I mean, that makes sense. Like, you don't, I think I have a pretty negative view of social media as a whole. And yeah. I think that social media... Um, it encourages people to share every minutia about themselves in a very desperate hope to be validated by irrelevant people online. And it puts you into kind of that scenario where you just overshare things about yourself and you build relationships that maybe aren't exactly what you really think they are. Maybe, again, they someone thinks they're friends with you, but in reality, that's not actually the case. 
and yeah, it can it can lead to uh, some some pretty funny, at least from the outside, pretty funny situations. I'm no sort of a sociologist or anything of credentials or merit here, but I see that as a form of um, one validation and two uh, a different way of applying traditional social pressures that have uh, you know kind of uh, shaped the landscape of society. Uh, whether it was for better or for worse, there's always been social pressure of a certain sort of bond that keeps things in uh, in an operation. So if it's like unacceptable to not be part of a church, everyone's part of a church. You know, that's just a basic example of like, you know, you don't do this in our community because we don't look kindly upon that. So for better or for worse, that's had a way of impacting cultures, but now it's digital and everyone wants to feel like they're, you know, this is what success looks like in our popular consciousness or you know, and everyone has to then, you know, they want to use something for the everyone needs social interaction for social creatures, and they 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 kind of get lost in that, um, looking for validation and and looking to point out that they're like, oh yeah, my life's good, I, I'm succeeding, I have money, I have this, you know, that kind of, you know, look at my new car, look at my new phone, and then people just kind of end up becoming this this ugly goblin of a of an ego they've fed, where they they morph into this. This shallow, you know, existence that's really of no substance or style or or intellect or merit behind it, where they, you know, uh, post these filtered Instagram pictures in order to to be more validated as what beauty looks like goes down a darker hole, or they go into this, uh, you know, I'm cool and this and that because I did this, you know, and this and the the ego stroking or anything else that goes, you know, hand in hand, hand in glove with all of that, just kind of goes down this this dystopian society sort of thing in, in a sense. Not like it's a complete dystopia, but there's certainly a problem there. And I just don't like social media. And I, I you know, you see people that do share far too much. And oh, just, too much. Yeah, just they share, they share everything to uncomfortable levels. Like in game, there was, um, what's his name? Um, always yelled, I'm Pazuzu. Always yelling, I'm pregnant as a troll thing. But, <laughs> but then it gets to this unhealthy level where they do that and they start talking about how much meth they had done. Oh. Yeah, and, mm. the, and then you, you realize, well, it makes sense. This guy's a fucking meth head. But, you know, it's like you don't need to go into, you know, I'm a meth head, sort of this, sort of that details about how intimate your life can be or just people talking about things that they've done or had done. To them. And it's just like you, it gets this on game too. It gets to this certain level of, uh, you know, it's not that you shouldn't tell people, it's that, you know, you kind of don't want to make it so that the first thing people know about you is you're a meth head, because that kind of makes it worse for you. I mean, it's also in its own way, a weird um, power dynamic someone is trying to set up because they're essentially making their first interactions with you uh, ones of, you know, sympathy. Yeah, insecurity, sympathy, feel bad for me. Oh, you have to, you know, treat me with kid gloves. You're going to want to help me because, oh, I'm down on my luck and whatever. But I found that uh, uh, if you just completely mute shouts and yells, then you never have to figure out if someone's pregnant or not. <laughs> I like the yells because uh, now that I don't play with Fox and game anymore, which, you know, I, I miss it because I really enjoyed doing it and I got to play the game and talk about the game more. And now I'm more by my own devices as I had been before I started doing that with him. But at the same token, now just not having that schedule of dedicating more time than I had available or having the freedom to do whatever now, it's like, you know, it's 
it's kind of a good and bad thing. Oh yeah, I mean, so I, I those yells. There, so it's the similar problem for me as I had when I was being really lazy with just sitting down to make the macros. Um, is that I haven't actually set up chat filters or used the um, whatever that add-on is, like Shout the fuck you add-on or something. Well, you can use. I used that from Chia the the fuck off one, and I liked oh, it a lot, well. especially <laughs> especially because I could add the names to it that keep getting through the shout ML. But then it didn't work at one point, so I just stopped using it, and it might work again. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that one. I mean, you shouldn't have to use those, but that 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 fixes the yell problem for the better part because I don't care about. Uh, the trolls are uh, J.K. Lovely yelling where my address is for 150 mil. I just care about not having the useful. You have someone yells. jokingly, jokingly doxing you. Oh, oh, yeah. That we talked about. So this is recorded less than 24 hours after 51 was recorded, which was was it 51? No, it was 52. Uh, the Ranger lore yesterday. We talked about, um, you know, I, I said this guy could offhand his mom as a club. And then, like, this guy's <laughs> girlfriend's, like, got super, super upset and started yelling where my address is so they can come beat me up and send their Instagram account and stuff like that. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. See, every time, every time someone finds out, I'm sure this is what the audience, it's fun to listen to this from you, too, because this is what the audience is probably going through as I describe this in 52, <laughs> knowing that this is going to be episode 54, which is we never got out of order like this. So it's actually a very fun thing. But I, I imagine. That's what the audience is going to go through. And it's, you know, it, it's good that they're going to gain as much amusement from it as I have. Yeah, well, you know what? Everyone, everyone needs to have a smile now and again. But I feel like I, you, you got to have a rough life. Something's going on if you're joking about or being serious about trying to dock someone. Like, go out and smell the grass, my guy. Like, something, something's going on there that you need to address. I know people have a cultural stigma lately on judging, but everyone judges, of course, is a natural part of being a person in evolution of well, humanity. Well, judging also isn't but, inherently a negative concept. Yeah, well, the way it's about to be used is, but I've looked at that Instagram <laughs> and uh, I could see why they got problems. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like um, Carrot has jokingly said, come here, come here. Look in the mirror. You see all those problems? And it's like, it, it, it's similar to that sort of, you know, except she's more joking and this is more serious. Yeah, well, sometimes show and tell can, can be a sad, sad thing. So who knows? Maybe uh, you know, can I can get that. I wonder if they don't have mirrors in the house. Ah, uh, yeah. Mirrors can be tough. You, you start getting older and watching your face sag and, you know, it's just maybe you've, I don't know, done some meth and you're shouting about how you're pregnant <laughs> and you just don't like what you see. It can, it can be a tough place. I'm pregnant again, as they yell. <laughs> They're busy. They're busy. They're repopulating the earth. If it's a girl, I it, assume. I no, know. it's a guy. It's a guy. Oh, okay. It was kind of. Well, you know what? You do you. It was kind of like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, uh, Mr. Mom or whatever. You know, Mr. Mom. Whatever, I don't watch whatever, movies. Whatever the one was with with Danny Mr. DeVito Mom. where he gets pregnant. Hold on. Yeah, I don't. For as much, and we talked about this before we started the podcast. For as much uh, media and video content as I do, because um, my my day job, uh, oh, I do freelance hosting, casting, etc. It's um, named Junior. It's named Junior. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever watch things. So most movies. I mean, I've seen all the big ones, but like most movies, I haven't actually watched. So let's let's see. Uh, Danny DeVito, National Treasure, but. <laughs> in this that sense arnold schwarzenegger is pregnant in yes this? yes yes so you can see oh wow <laughs> yeah he's so young yeah this is 94 oh my god yeah i was two wow i know now i'm old 
the beginning of the end, but it's okay. We'll yeah, see, I, I won't even list my age. Even in the real, when people ask me in the real world, what's your age? I just tell them three years old and I tell them it doesn't matter. And I actually have to think because I don't remember how old I am because I try not to remember. It doesn't matter to me. It's just not important. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, well, practical reasons can definitely be useful. But no, people will ask all the time. They get, they can get weirdly personal with like, the fact that you're a woman and you'll get people who come in and want to know exactly how old you are. And so I always, I always get a little awkward with that. I'm just like, you know, I have a command in chat that's my mods made. That's just, you hit age and it comes up with boomer. And I'm like, <laughs> well, make, make of that what you will. But I feel like sometimes age can be kind of this weird thing to talk about where people will just perceive or assume things based on like, Oh, are you in your twenties? Are you in your thirties? You know, whatever. But no, I don't I don't usually go around kind of shouting my age to the heavens. It's it, it's also feels weirdly personal to me. Like when people are asking what my age is, I'm like, it's pretty fucking rude. I, I don't know you. And if I've had people come into my Twitch and the first thing they do is hit an age command. Wow. And I'm like, you're so bizarre. Like what what a bizarre human being you are, that that's the first thing that you want to know about a girl is how old she is. But, you know. How am I, I supposed to get now. off I'm... to this Twitch stream if I don't even know how old they are? <laughs> uh, I can I can see now how uh, how Fox and Funk watch this get derailed as we just start talking about society and. Well, no, because you know, as much as we have said so about that mental health episode, this directly translates to the game is a microcosm of reality oh, in terms of social interactions and dynamics and and instability and mental health and all these other things. And the way we view ourselves or our place in the world it gets directly imposed upon that game because everyone's like, you could be whoever you want on the internet. And it's like, yeah, that's what people do. So you're getting to actually see the real people that you don't see in the real world in a certain way that, you know, it's, it's, it is the game. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it was funny. One of the first things kind of in the game that really threw me for a loop when I came back, aside from just learning everything again, because I hadn't played in 11 years. And sometimes I feel like people remember things that I'm supposed to be remembering that I just have. They're like, they remember the name of the link shell when they first played and whatever. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, that was a long ass time ago. Like, I don't remember any of that. But when I, when I came back to the game, I, couldn't believe how the economy had changed in the sense that like it felt like money ain't shit i was so mind blown that was the biggest thing that that really threw me was coming back and just seeing like oh a mill oh that's nothing i was like what do you mean that's nothing that was everything back when i was playing so that's thanks to sparks that, and other inflation that had made a mill to be something you could turn out in 20 minutes or less well yeah i i, I still can't get over it because i'm just a fruit human by nature much to uh you know my boyfriend's consternation i'm just really frugal and i would come back and i try and penny pinch things on the auction house when i'm trying to like gear up my summoner and my chat would just be like oh my god just buy it it's 1.3 mil and i'm like yeah but i'm like going up in increments at 1.2 to try and pick something up and they're like just buy the damn thing money doesn't matter and i'm like you don't understand well, you gotta spend time it on does. that shit i don't want to farm yeah. that stuff i tell people i don't farm and i, I mean I'm not for gill, but I farm for other stuff that kind of makes that gill. So it's indirect farming, but I don't want to do that all the time. So that's why you, you save yourself time in the future for two seconds. Yeah, I know. It's just uh, I, trying to wrap my head around all of the changes. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I've spent an inordinate amount of time on the BG wiki 
which Funk, I think, has been taking uh, some pleasure in that because I'll just go through all these old things. And, and... he gets to fix them. That's, that's yeah, probably he gets why. To fix them. Yeah. So I, like I was going through Void, Void Watch and I think there was some location that wasn't correct because they've moved maps around or something. And he was all happy that I'm like the, the unintentional fact checker now as I go through things. You're the guinea pig. And uh, I've, it, the funny thing is I've always wondered why Funk is so active and he knows all these. Like I don't use Twitch particularly. I mean, outside of trying to talk to a Nero for a couple seconds, be like, hey, I think you'd be perfect for this. Or, you know, that kind of that kind of interaction. I don't really. It's kind of like watching YouTube. I'm just kind of not big into watching. Like oh, I, I stream, but I don't watch people stream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like this. I don't really listen to other the other 11 podcasts I've heard are not something I've ever wanted to listen to, uh, especially modern ones. Uh, I can't stand because they're horrible in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, it's always weird to me that he's all over there and there's a reason you're here is because of him. Just like I, there was one, another 11 one that he's like in the discord, he's in the, in the channel there. And I'm like, I just randomly clicked this one day because I almost never watched Twitch, but there's funk works. I'm like, God, oh, geez, funk. What do you, what do you, he must do it at work or something. He must have it up. Oh, I get a lot of viewers who keep it up as just like kind of that noise in the background or occasional amusement while they're at work. Or if they're working from home, they'll have it up as just something to pass the time with. And um, I I'm sure that Funk has done that before. But that's been, you know, it's funny. One of the nice things about coming back is that despite the viewership amounts for like the whole amount of viewers for Final Fantasy XI on Twitch being pretty small yeah. um in you know a few hundred my engagement and interaction with final fantasy 11 viewers and other streamers across the board has been so positive that i actually a, a cynical part of me was like what am i missing here like where are the shitty people that i just have not encountered yet and i, I know I, i'm sure they're out there but for the whole, Hi. the experience of <laughs> the experience of streaming Final Fantasy XI has introduced me to a bunch of really cool people, and uh, it's kind of been. I, I feel like I'm stepping back in time because this was Final Fantasy XI, my favorite game of all time. This game was really fundamental to who I was as a person growing up. So to it feels like I'm stepping back in time to my childhood. But the fact that I can then do it as a grown adult and it's still like people want to watch and they want to engage and they want to help has really, really been a treat. So uh, I can't, you know, listening to some of the other podcast episodes, I can't say that I'm, you know, the best to ever do it or, or fully ready to go yet. But it's been nice to kind of slowly take baby steps in the right direction, except those horrible assaults. I'm just at the very beginning of considering starting a mythic. And obviously you have to get to captain first. And I hadn't even touched on that yet. And um, I, I spent last stream doing some of the most hideously awful assaults like that. Uh, that penguin brothel, the upcalo brothel one. Yeah, Does upcalo no breeding. You're, you're supposed to bring it to a brothel. Like, can we talk about that for a second? How has no one raised their eyebrows? browse at that description of that assault i don't know about the description but it was called a kalu breeding well, i thought there was something in the bg wiki or something describing it was about a brothel or something and i was like maybe i read it wrong and I'm my mind is just is darker than i thought but i looked at it if i made that up then maybe i was drunker than i yeah thought I yeah you made it up because i just pulled the I page did? up and i did really? i was gonna say unless i edited that 
more recently, which I don't think I did, then uh, I'm going to say... That Maybe is, I'm just drunk. I don't know, there's, man. There's no, there's no control F. There's no brothel in here. So Wow. Maybe I'm just projecting, I guess. I, w- I must have been down bad. Well, now you know. That's good. Nefarious things How are How does no one question this thing Apollo. that doesn't exist? Yeah, it, you know, I spin tales for myself and get all wound up about nothing. It's okay. The Opkalu did what with its what? I just, I thought it was so dark. I was, I don't know where I thought that, but the entire time I was doing the quest, I was like, I'm just leading this Apkalu to its doom. Like, this just seems so wrong. And here I was, it wasn't nearly as dark as that. It's not even it's any tentacles. Is it, yeah, no, no tentacles, that fairy up Kalo, despite being a pain in the ass, you know, it's living the dream. That one's pretty easy, because you just do one and just say, fuck it, I'm done, leave. Yeah, but I had one of those moments where I, like, went over the rock, and, and I got just far enough away that it, like, turned around and looked at me, and then everything was ruined. And I did that one right before I did Lost and Found, which almost made me throw my keyboard into my monitor, because you cannot do that on your own. Uh, it, it was a long night of assaults last night. Much to my, much to my stream's amusement. Anytime a streamer is suffering, that is peak viewership. And that's another thing too. Uh, you mentioned this, the eleven communities. Obviously, as everyone knows, much smaller for viewership on Twitch. But mm-hmm. I will say that they do seem more intimate, and there's definitely a, a quality over quantity sort of thing going on there. That's you know part of what still makes eleven eleven is beyond all the shit there. That's definitely still an undying although somewhat morphing characteristic of the community itself is just the way the game is a slower pace. Like in 14, you don't get to really chat in your party, but in 11, everyone chats and says something at some point. And that just opens the floodgates to what we have. It's, it's the way the game's structured and built that, that accommodates that community. Well, and it's funny. I, so people ask me a question that I get a lot uh, because Final Fantasy 14 has been popping off right now because of the WoW Exodus and Asmund Golden, all of that. Um, I played, so I played 11 at kind of, I guess the, the high end rating level and 14 at the high end rating level. So I'm very familiar with, with both games in that regard. And people ask me all the time, they're like, wow, you're playing final fantasy 11. Why not 14? And it's nice. Cause I do get to have this whole discussion with someone in this dialogue on the reasons why I like final fantasy 14. I think it's a, a good MMO. The story is solid, the music, the visuals, uh, but it, as my cat feeder goes off, is in. Oh, do you have an electric one too? I've had that happen more... in the episode. I do. Yes, I, I do. My cat was sitting on my lap. He just launched off because, you know, the moment there's food, he doesn't give a fuck about me. But um, when I have these conversations with people, it's really enjoyable for me to kind of be able to parse out to them why Final Fantasy XI is a game that I want to come back and get as immersed with 11 years later. I love this game as much as I loved it when I played it 11 years ago, and I'm having just as much fun. I don't think I can say that about something like Final Fantasy 14 11 years later. Uh, and uh, there's a testament of, you know, withstanding the test of time that I think there's going to be a difference there. And not, not that I dislike 14. I really enjoyed playing it. Um, but, but there's just something some intangible quality to 11 that I think goes back to the fact that, as you said, when you're in a party in 11, you, you are a eventually going to talk to people making connections in the game finding people to do content with is fundamentally a a more fulfilling human experience than in a game where you can do pretty much everything solo and you don't have to engage with anyone unless you're absolutely compelled to 
I think I'd have a much harder time going AFK banging hot chicks in 14 than I would in 11 because 11 is, you know, everyone uses it, especially in the olden days as an e-dating uh, app. And I'm not uh, excluded from that, certainly, as everyone knows. That's, I, I don't have any issue with that. And it was, it was funny. When I was growing up, my mom was so worried that every single person I was talking to was like a rapist in their mom's basement. That was the popular thing at the right, time, like, like, like Oprah yes. and Dr. Phil and everyone like, oh, they met with a predator online in the chat room. And it's like everyone translates that to like 11 at the time of the big, you know, to catch a predator, which came yes. later, but that kind I of mindset. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was that whole thing of like, you know, you you have, well, because it was, it was people uh, um, who didn't grow up with the internet uh, fretting over the internet, right? And you you see that with so many different things. You see it, you know, with with things like alcohol, with various technological advances, people who weren't used to something tending to fret about it. Like how I said, I still use old Reddit because I don't want to experience new Reddit because I, I don't like it. But I also I also haven't really given it, you know, a, a fair a fair shot. But no, I just forgot it existed after a while. I just kept using Reddit and it was the new one. I just <laughs> forgot it existed and I didn't use the stuff that was missing anyway. It's just more. No, streamlined. I was so appalled that I immediately went back to old Reddit. But I, I did that originally. Really a fair shake. I forgot. Yeah, but but no, I, I think one of the one of the beautiful things about it is that 11 some of my deepest um, relationships and friendships, and some of them were quasi-romantic at a point. Like, that that shouldn't be a weird thing to people because you are spending a large amount of time with a certain group of people for days and days and months and even years, and that inherently is creating a social connection with someone. It doesn't matter if it's not in person. You are still experiencing a social connection with someone. So whenever someone would, you know, be like, oh, wow, you met someone online. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I don't see a distinction in in the richness or genuineness or the validity of an online relationship just because you haven't shared a beer at a bar. So you do you, you know. It's always it's always super interesting because everyone wants to downplay sort of like 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 how it's like it's for some reason weird to to be human on a game of humans, but everyone wants to kind of think they're better than their own humanity in that sense and and stigmatize like, you know, even Carrot to this day goes, so what What do you tell like when you, your boss or someone or, or, or like a, a colleague or someone because she's got her boss at the firm or whatever. And they're like, so where'd you meet? And she's like, well, what do you tell them? And I go, I tell them we met on a game. That's She's like, but you don't like, and I go, what am I going to say? You know, uh, I'm not like I'm going to tell them, oh, we met uh, in Eastern Adelin when we were going to go fight Fenrir in Full Moon Fountain. I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to say, <laughs> met on this game you've never played. So you wouldn't know it, but we met in the game. There you go. They, they don't play it. They don't know. And if they do, all the better. But, you know, if you tell someone you met on Final Fantasy XI, they don't know what the fuck that is. It's just all they wanted is an answer to their curiosity. So you could tell them, you know, you met at a bar, but why would you lie about something? Because they, they had, they'd have no idea about that just as much as they have no idea about the game you met in. So it's like, you know, don't be insecure about it. Well, I think a lot of people, too, that can come from um, a lot of us in this age range, people who are playing Final Fantasy XI or coming back to it. Um, we grew up in a time where playing video games was not as, like, cool or accepted as it might be in 2021. Um, like, I'm in esports, and now everyone that I talk to is like, oh, you're in. Oh, tell me about it. Wow, that's so cool. That's so fascinating. Back in the day, I know nothing. Yeah. Back in the day, I got bullied a lot. 
I played 11 all the time. The moment I was done with school, I went straight home because I had raids and I wanted to be with my link shell and I wanted to do stuff and I played all day long and I would get up at 3 a.m. for Fafnir spawn windows on school nights. Like I didn't care. I love the game. But I learned not to tell people that I was a girl who played video games because I would get incessantly mocked by guys and girls for various different reasons because they were like, girls don't play video games. What's wrong with you? So the problem is you end up growing up and it sticks with you as this incorrect assumption that you must hide this part of your personality because it doesn't fit into what is socially acceptable for you to enjoy. And then it compounds itself because you get older. And then for some reason, as you get older, you're not supposed to be playing video games for whatever asinine reason people come up with. And it, it took me Where a long time. Where are the kids? Time. Yeah, it, it took me a long time to realize, screw you, I can do whatever I want. I enjoy this. And if you're going to belittle me for it in whatever way, even friends of mine who have made side comments that they didn't realize was really offensive, but were... I, I got to a point where I was just like, screw you. Like, this is what I enjoy. It's always what I've enjoyed. And the connections oftentimes that I've made in video games have been far richer and paid far more dividends in my life than some of my IRL connections, if you will. Like you, you said you met Carrot in game. I met my boyfriend playing Call of Duty. He absolutely smoked my shit in a Call of Duty tournament. And that's how we met. And I don't, I don't think there's anything th that is not less valid than meeting someone in person. And I'll, you know, I'll throw, throw hands about it metaphorically. Yeah. I think that's people throwing their insecurities around too, of like, they think that they did it the right way because it's the, the commonly done or most accepted form of doing something, which obviously doesn't mean it's the best way or even a good way to do it. It's just people do it. it it's, you know, it, it's groupthink, and it's, you know, um, it's a fallacy in general, the, the appeal to popularity. So people take that, and whether subconsciously or not, they then project it on everyone else of, like, you know, they're insecure about picturing themselves doing that, so then they, they inadvertently, or, or purposely, because that's just the kind of person that they choose to be, um, throw that back at someone where it's like, oh, well, you know, I know it's different for you. You know, that kind of like nonsense, you know, it's like, well, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? We, you know, like as if any two people doing even the the method that's more accepted is is going to be the same result in any any fashion whatsoever. It's just people always do that. So being more secure in yourself as you age and the way that you just described it there about being more comfortable with the your fact that you exist in the capacity you choose to, uh, and, and that means your relationship came from this game as uh, not this game, but a game as did mine, you know, you just become, you know, carrot is insecure about it too. But, you know, the best thing you can do for yourself is to be secure in the fact, because if you're not and give in to that, then it only kind of feeds the narrative that you're being held back by. Because if you're feeding into being insecure, you're giving power to the thing that people are claiming. And that's the problem in the first place. So. Oh, yeah, no. And and I, I know it's easy for me to say, yeah, one day I decided to say fuck it. But it was it really wasn't like a one day switch of just suddenly I got a backbone and decided not to care about societal oh, yeah. pressures. It was it was really baby steps of it was baby steps of just mentioning gaming or engaging with friends who were curious about what I was doing. And those friends kind of reaffirming to me that 
that little whisper in my mind of like, no, it's okay. Like they, they sincerely want to know about this game you're playing or what you're doing or Twitch or anything like that. And that gives you the, you know, little baby steps to feel okay with maybe bringing it up to people or, you know, in Carrot's case, mentioning how you met. And that's, that's a personal journey that someone has to go through. And, you know, I, I think, you know, slow and steady wins the race in that regard, but no one should ever feel ashamed of meeting someone on a game. I tend to honestly feel like those relationships can be more authentic in a faster capacity because there's not yeah. the pomp and circumstance of, you know, in-person posturing. You All you are getting is usually like the very raw human on the other end of a microphone or text. I had a thing at work recently where someone's uh, leaving and moving on to a different, uh, you know, uh, place of, uh, you know, a different career path. And, you know, they pass around the card at work and they go, here, here's this person's card. Could you sign it? And then I just, I don't say anything. I just go and put the card in someone else's uh, area or desk, whatever. It's like. <laughs> you know, so uh, it's like, I don't say anything. And then they come back and they look over the names like, um, uh, you didn't sign this card. And I turn and I go, I'm not signing the card. They actually check? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th th this person is that kind of... Uh, uh, oh, micromanager? Yes. Do-gooder mm. kind of the goody-goody two-shoes I can't stand. And they go, well, why, why not? And I go, because I don't have that relationship with this person, and they don't really want to remember this place in general, and they're not going to keep the card because I know how they feel about this place. And they're like, oh, whatever then. And I go, no, it's not whatever. You don't get to sit there and invalidate how I feel in the relationship I have that you don't with someone because you think you're right and I'm not. I'm just as right as you are. And it becomes this immediate standoffish, uh, there you go. Uh, he's doing it again at work fighting with people. But it's like, you know, don't don't sit there and, and try to act like because everyone doing a, a card that isn't wanted in the first place. Because right. I talk to this person all the time. Like I was close with this person more than anyone else in that place. So... You know, like, don't don't turn around and tell me that you think you have the right kind of way going on there because you really don't understand. So the process of getting to the point where you're comfortable with being able to stand up for yourself or be secure in how you feel and not bow down to the pressures of, well, I'll just do it. What's the harm? Everyone else is doing it. It's like, no, if your heart's not in it and you don't think it, don't don't betray yourself by doing these. They're simple things. Like, if it's going to cause a big problem, you have to weigh your options, pick and choose your battles. But that applies to the game and it applies to everything else. To get to that point, as you were describing, is this incremental process that by the time you get there, it's like the frog in the pot of the slowly boiling water. By the time the water starts boiling, you didn't know it was heating up the whole time. And you eventually look back and go, wow, when I got in this water, it was not boiling. And you just kind of, it, it's, you know, as much as I do pick on people on this podcast, as we'll get into in a bit with this uh, worst post of the week within 24 hours already. Um, sort of thing here. As much as I do pick on people and I do flat out at times, you could characterize it as bullying or whatever. That goes back to the social pressures I was describing before of how things are kept in check in a certain capacity because there is the need for that in this uh, sort of social hierarchical system that we inherently develop as people that, you know, it, it's also a positive message of, you know, you're going to have to stand up for yourself. You're going to have to feel okay with yourself in terms of what you do and what you enjoy. And, you know, a lot of people go like, oh, you're just a nerd who plays video games. And it's just, no, that's not, you know, that's just, that just shows how stupid the other person is. But when you give into that, you know, there's a certain amount of things that I've said over the show positively, I think, that I'm not going to say they balance out all the negatives, but they certainly provide a sort of um, 
way to encourage yourself to be yourself, I suppose. And that's ultimately what I guess it comes down to is a lot of people, you'll see them kind of change who they are or what they project to people in game or on stream or uh, they create this fake personality on YouTube. It's the it's the hey guys, thanks for joining my you know it's like this ridiculous energy because that's what's a supposed to be face for every thumbnail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this it's it's constructing themselves to an image that is supposed to be popular. This good vibes only bullshit and all this other stuff. Uh, don't judge me. Uh, don't be negative. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Which is also one of the most ridiculous statements ever. Um, you know that kind of stuff. It 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 all connects in one way or another and by doing those simple things of yeah i met my boyfriend in the call of duty tournament fuck you guys um you don't have to say the fuck you of course but you know by by doing those things it directly undermines what is i would say it's a a social pressure of oppression it's a bit of an overstatement to say that but it's the first way i can think to characterize it well no i mean what you're saying ties back to kind of the the farewell card at work is people don't realize because you have to use heavy words and language to describe something that seems to be harmless and mm-hmm. innocuous, like making people sign a card. But making is the key word there, right? Like this person who's doing something like that, or maybe in game or whatever else, you are inherently taking away someone's autonomy by assuming for them their that they want to. And yes, they're exactly their freedom of choice. You are taking that away and then punishing them for it when they were never given the opportunity to exercise their right to say no. And it, it's really a dramatic explanation of something like a goodbye card, but it's exactly you see that, you see that all the time. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's exactly. not okay. And that's how I feel about it. So when I give that heavy handed, uh, I, I like to go all in very quickly to a little extra <laughs> to, to kind of make sure this doesn't get out of hand and that I can keep it on my terms of no, this is what I said. This is what I'm doing. Back the fuck off. You know, I, you, you have to. Not, I mean, you can approach it with kid gloves at times, but you have to kind of, in my opinion, also it depends. I'm from a, I'm from Jersey and it's more of a, a definitely more of an in-your-face kind of culture in yeah, the Northeast uh, than, yes. My only, my only concept of uh, New Jersey is Jersey Shore. And well, as someone, I grew up in Washington State, which is about as far away as you can get. And uh, everything in that show was very in your face. So maybe that holds true. Well, uh, in their subculture and the sensationalized sense of it, uh, <laughs> there's bits of truth in there, but it's mostly a sensationalized uh, bunch of assholes, to put it simply. But no, I mean, I feel like if you, I'm going to backpedal a little bit to try and tie it into Final Fantasy XI. We're going to go more to XI in a second. <laughs> but um, no, I, I just think like, as as funny enough as we talk about how kind of deep those relationships coming from video games can be in a positive way, they still all fall into the same traps as as IRL, if you will, and kind of those social pressures and, and link shells and, you know, who there's always going to be drama, right? So whose side are you taking? And is someone leaving a link shell and do you go with them? And and even joining one in the first place. I know, like for for me personally, I uh I had people as I was playing come up and be like, oh, like you don't have a link shell. Like here, do you want one? I'm like, no, no, not really. I, I I'll get what do you there mean? when I, What's wrong with mine? I get there. Well, yeah, and it's like nothing's wrong with yours. I just I am someone who eleven. If you're coming back to it, can be a very overwhelming game uh, yes. because there's just so many things that 
you should be doing. And I, I made the decision. I was like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish Aunt Ergen and then Wings of the Goddess and Rhapsodies and, you know, Adeline. And I'm going to do all these little steps so that I can give myself goals and accomplish those goals. And I didn't want to join a link shell or engage with that, that until I was quasi to the point of endgame where, A, I felt comfortable enough playing my job that I wasn't going to be a burden on people. And B, that was actually what I wanted to be focusing on because there was a lot of it that I wanted to do it myself. Uh, like the help, I'm, I'm not going to say no to help and help's always appreciated, but I don't like help when it's just, oh, I'm going to burn through this thing for you. And then there you go, you're done. And I'm like, but I didn't get to experience it or understand the, what I'm doing or whatever. So I tried to make sure that I took it a little bit slow getting back into things so I could actually absorb the game that I was coming back to play in the first place. So I, I stopped and paused for a second because there's something that popped up in the Discord that's related to what we're about to get into. So we just might as well oh, get wait. into it now. I was listening. I just... So let's go with... Sorry, I, I didn't mean to just cut you <laughs> off at the knees there, but I got... No, you're good. I ended sentence, put a period yeah, on I, it, I, and now we... You know, yeah. Move on. <laughs> you're like, fuck that card. I don't want to sign that anymore. We're going to the next thing. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can. You can. The swearing is perfectly okay. acceptable. Okay, I just realized I probably should have asked that beforehand, but, you know, here we are. As I kick Carrot out of the room, it's fine, just leave it, just, it's fine, just, I'll, I'll see you later, honey. <laughs> goodbye. Hello and goodbye. I'm podcast guest. <laughs> she, she, like, comes in, she's, like, gonna sit down, I'm like, no, I'm doing this, don't sit down next to me, we're doing this. Um, <laughs> I'll see you later, we had breakfast. Uh, you know, that's not very nice, but it's, it's, I'm in, I'm in the middle of this, I don't want to be distracted by silly kind of things like i like when she's on this but as someone sitting there quietly it's like there's nothing wrong with that but it's like Does i'm she gonna do the podcast she's been on for a couple times uh the white mage episode okay i haven't run into her the, yet in an episode that'll be the, fun the first one was the in-game dating so that was that and then the white mage the second time she's been on oh in-game dating Whew, all the things you could say about oh yes dating. good the, lord that one was a, a one of my favorite episodes i think there's so many things that could have been touched on that were not and just needed to be in you know i don't think there's enough for a part two of that but that's definitely that's one of the more fun serious sort of silly topics but in our worst threat of the week segment <laughs> uh comes from of course r slash ffxi was posted three hours ago and it says, hi, is the name of it. And it says, McGowan Asura looking to get into the game got. This above my head, lol. I want to feel the full experience, wink face. And that is, is the that post. Is that a wink face? Yes, that is a wink face. And they're missing one eye. Yeah, okay. That's what I was confused about. Because there's just so many things here. This is like a, like a, a puzzle game. But mm -hmm. you're missing the box didn't come with all the puzzle pieces. Because it, it says... The punctuation is just absolutely atrocious. Everything about it is atrocious. But McGowan, which I assume is this person's name because their Reddit username is CT McGowan. And it says McGowan Azura. Yeah, Azura looking to get into the game got question this above my head. But they never say what the, the question is. So you have no idea. They're just, they, they, they not have a question. Since, not since Blue Peas have we gotten such grammar. Okay, you need to explain the blue peas to me. The blue peas, you will understand when you get to the point of the blue peas. There's, there's no, you don't explain blue peas. You just, 
<laughs> because I've been doing my mod garden right, and you know, da, 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 going around, whatever. And I, I've listened to enough episodes of this podcast that every time I get blue peas now, I associate it with you guys, which is again one of those weird things where like you just you've not met a person up until that point. And you're like, now I'm thinking of this podcast because I got blue peas, but I don't even understand the blue peas, and I don't even understand what McGowan is trying to ask here. There's just there's a lot of questions. And it's funny because someone answers them, actually. But the blue piece came about Carrot was on, and it was the White Mage episode is how I know that exactly when it happened because she was there and she's only been there twice, so it's easy to pinpoint. It was not the dating one. So, therefore, there's one. And the blue piece thing was just someone with absolutely no English uh, ability, which, you know, that's not, not a bad thing. Just they don't speak English like I don't speak German or something. Um you know, just going on, uh, just in just this absolute broken English fashion about need blue peas. There was a quest for some girl's father, but more importantly, how do I get blue peas? You know, it was like this this ridiculous thing. Um, the comment it, it gets read in the middle of the white mage episode, and then every time it gets it got turned into this me being ridiculous and cringy of making songs into blue peas remixes every start of every cold I heard opening. Some of the songs. Yes, yes, yes. So. That's what that is, but not since Blue Peas have we looking to get into the game got, question mark. So the reason I got distracted previous, well, let's get first into, someone actually tries to answer them, and I didn't think this is what the person was asking, but it actually makes sense. I guess they're asking, which wouldn't make sense because, we'll get into that in a second, of why it doesn't make sense, besides the grammar. I guess they were saying that there's question marks by their head, the new player question marks to go away at either level 20 or a certain number of hours in the game. Oh! Yes, yes. So someone posts, uh, that will go away. There's a certain amount of quest progression, which that's not how it works, whatever. They go, I think you can turn it off from the config menu somewhere too, which is correct. And they go, there's no restrictions. It just means people will know you're a beginner and perhaps still use the assist chat channel. So it's funny that someone read that and tried to actually help in typical Reddit fashion of just having their time not respected by, by the poster. Yeah, but God bless him for at least trying because oh, I read boy. this and I didn't even try. Like, it's so confusing. I just, the way... The way the entire sentence, I, I get, well, I maybe hope at least that this person isn't native English. I, they could be I smoking meth. They could be pregnant and smoking meth. Please don't do those together if you are inclined for drug use, guys. But a pregnant I, I mother never like, smokes alone. <laughs> Jesus. I look at that and I'm like, McGowan Azura, I feel like it's like a press conference where one of the reporters gets called on and they announce their like outlet and their name and then they give their question. And it, there's just so many, but I guess that makes sense. So they're saying, looking to get into the game, you have a question mark above your head, but you want to feel the full experience? I just... I don't, I don't, I don't get what they're feeling in full and the experience they're yeah, asking for. Yeah, how are for. you not getting a full experience? Or you just, I, I just... Maybe it's just pearl, the tip. They, maybe it's just the tip and... <laughs> That actually ended up being a quote 69 in my channel yesterday. Just wow. a tip. So, yeah, we were waiting until a really special one came in. We actually got that last night. But I just have to, I mean, the Curse Pearl actually really did try. They tried to answer. God so bless them. The reason I stopped before when you're reading, I was listening to you the whole time. And at the end, I stopped and I didn't respond is because as that was happening, Zahn in the Discord posted in a screenshot. He's on Bahamut server and he posts a screenshot. And it is of McGowan. Oh no! <laughs> yes, in oh, yellow. Right in yellow, oh, no. Bahamut. Hello, I tried to start a character on Asura, but it says population has reached its limits. So here I am. <laughs> uh, oh. yes. Oh, that's so. 
It's like, well, fuck all y'all. I guess I'm just here. The web of weaving and following this, this, you know, this, this epic narrative that's, uh, you know, developing here. Um, someone yells, this place much better anyway. And McGowan goes, this was right below a Sarah was going to work my way down. <laughs> And then they go, finally, after the three siblings are done bickering, I can move around, happy face. So I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't, they're in Port Sandoria. I don't remember three siblings like the Tarus from COP or something. I don't remember that being a Wings of the Guy or a Sandoria when you first start the game sort of thing. It's like the Elvins in the, in the palace or your first cutscene there, if I remember from 15 fucking years ago um, when you go to Sandoria. So I don't even know what they're talking about. About three siblings, but I assume it's a cutscene. And this, I think this guy's going to have a very fruitful and long-lived Final Fantasy career here of, uh, you know, just get into game got and I want full experience, wink face, missing an eye. And yeah, I think that's uh, very apt there. But There is just so... Do you think this person is aware of how insulting saying this was right below Azura was going to work my way down is? Do you think that person understands like that? That I mean, I get if they literally mean the list and they're clicking. That's, down, that's what they meant. Azura <laughs> just... uh, starts with A. Next is Bahamut with B. Is Cerberus with C next? Or was that shut down? I don't even know. I don't even know. I came back on Quetzalcoatl because that was I started on Remora. That's the bottom of the and... list, right? Yeah, I started on Remora and then I went to Garuda and then I ended on quits before I, I quit and I came back and I was just like, you can see the tumbleweeds. I, I came back in like, where where did Carrots I come in? Quits. Was, she talked about tumbleweeds all the time. Yeah, it was right outside like the, of Ergen at one of those um, like 75 cap Calibri uh, like XP locations. That was where I zoned in when I came back to the game for the first time, like a month ago. And I went back into Ot Ergen and I was like, there's no one here. And then someone in chat was like, yeah, well, because people don't gather in Ot Ergen anymore. Also, no one's in quits. So someone told me to go to Azura and everyone said that I, at a certain point. Yeah, I did, but I just I've, I have yells and shouts turned off. So it's been a relatively peaceful experience. But that also ties into our our, uh, our last segment here, not that it's we're going in order, I had to nail these out or anything, they just happened to come up, because it's directly tied into that person that the server was full. Apparently, I woke up, and right before we started doing this, well, I woke up a bit before that, of course, but um, uh, Konjin in our Konijin, or Konij, whatever the hell, the freaking K-O-N-I-J-N, <laughs> Konin, Konin, Kodaku, whatever the fuck, um... He had said, he posted a screenshot that he couldn't make a character on a server because he said the population limit has been reached. Mm -hmm. So apparently within the last few hours or sometime within, you know, between recording yesterday night and now, uh, no one can make a character on a server because what's being speculated is that all of the unique content IDs have been consumed for a server and you cannot join that server because there's no free IDs, not that the population's reached a limit, but maybe it's even population of basically mules that are online at the same time. Uh, but when people get banned off that server, as that's the number one place for the bots, the RMT, because it's the most uh -huh. populated market, they're they're saying that those content IDs are not released when those people get banned. So there's definitely more banned people than players, and apparently no one gets this moment now. By the time this episode's out, everyone will already know about this, but as of this moment, it's no, I haven't seen a post on Reddit yet. Hopefully someone tosses it in R slash Final Fantasy 1-1. Um, but... You know, it's it's kind of astounding that not only did this save Asura from McGowan here, you know, this this amazing asset that we have just lost and sent to Bahamut, 
but it's actually going to very quickly cause a bit of a a a, a ruckus, a, a kerfuffle here, if you will, uh, among great us, word of, <laughs> among concerns. And it's going to be very interesting to watch because SC does not move quickly. I don't know if they're going to have emergency maintenance or or do something because they have to. They would have to. They have to do something they haven't done, maybe ever. I don't know if they ever deleted band IDs. I think many, many years ago, I speculated if you didn't log on, they would they would clear your character out and you never get it back. But they stopped doing that many, many, you know, back in the seventy five era, they had stopped doing that. There was a time when people talked about, oh, I got to resub so they don't delete my character and then deactivate again, which was definitely a thing everyone talked about. But they haven't done that in over a decade, so I don't know if they can just go in at this point in the game and just clear out banned characters so unless se does something asura cannot get any new characters and that's already manifesting in interesting ways which is just absolutely you know it's it, it's not as exciting as it is but it, to me it's just is freaking incredible so i mean i assume that that sort of a technical error whatever you call it would be but can they it, fix it well i i don't see how they Oh, okay. I don't know the nuance, but I can they not just go in and recycle some of those IDs to make them accessible again? It's uh, but just well, if they I, would, or if the system they, even is set up to do it, they'd have to make you know. If, it, if there's not a function built in to just do that, they would have to manually handle I that. I assume that if this is Azura's most populated server, if you are denying people the ability to join the most populated server, that could directly impact their wallet and if you ever want a company to do something have it impact their bottom line for whatever service it may be i i assume that there might be enough monetary incentive there for them to want to figure out something like that also just the technical because i assume you can't you can't transfer to azura then either right uh you might be able to but um because if you can't transfer, then that becomes like a broken aspect of the game that I would assume that they would then want to resolve as well. They were talking about that in the Discord too, if I scroll up. I was think they were saying, let me give me a second to look. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to see because uh, I mean, ideal world, it actually does create enough of a problem that they deal with it in a um expedited and whatever expedited means fashion. Uh, but hopefully that is something that they would look into because that's, yeah, of all the things to see, error code 3327, unable to create a character on the specified world server, the population limit reached, is something that back in the day might be like, great, yes, it's, you know, your server's got to be healthy, but so that's not the case. This is something we haven't seen since like 2007, eight, something mm -hmm. like that, when Odin and Bahamut were locked out because they were full. And they gave people free transfers off the server to go other places, which is a thing of history no one really probably remembers at this point, uh, as the average player was not around then. And Conin, uh, Coninge, what this fucking you guy's know, name? Coney. I'm gonna call him Coney. Coney 2012 I would call here. Him Con or Coney? Yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah, Coney here. The fucking J man. This is fucking J. <laughs> He said that uh, a person who had told them this, and then uh, he tested it himself, said they, as they deleted the character on Asura, they were able to make a new character, which would mean that Asura is just out of player IDs, which is truly frightening to see how SE is going to fix it. Uh, and, you know, in terms of if that's the case, you wouldn't be able to transfer over. But, I mean, the way they fixed this before was to shut down the server for, it was a long time, Baham and Odin, you couldn't make a character on. 
And that caused immense problems on the server of not having new characters to join and play with other new characters. And everyone was just mm-hmm. at the end game and there was no one, it wasn't cycling. Everything became a top heavy pyramid and it caused immense problems in those servers. So they could just repeat that, which would be very, very frightening. That'd be the, that'd be the end of Asura. So it wouldn't take me telling what people mean, not to like- join the server and the guy, they would just, that would be the end of Asura there. Well, and that's what I mean in the sense that if something is causing like a ripple effect of problems to that magnitude, that is usually going to incentivize a company to want to resolve an issue because it's actually like big enough to get note for them. And I mean, whatever, whatever ticket volume they get that might be abnormally large for the game uh, hopefully that flags something and it can get resolved. But it, it's an interesting problem to see for something you'd only really encounter, at least in this regard, for a game that's this old. Like you're not going to see something like that for, you know, Final Fantasy 14 or anything else. So yeah. it is kind of a, a funny moment to experience that because you're only going to experience it if a game is, you know, almost two decades old. And this would have to be something they knew was coming unless they didn't monitor it at all. And if they didn't know it was coming, uh, perhaps they perhaps they didn't know. Maybe there's no monitoring for that. You know, I don't know if they're even alerted to the fact that this is a thing now. So SC might not even be aware of this being a problem until enough people report the same problem to them. So as far as we go now, since this has only been, you know, less than 24 hours since this has started, I'd assume it's been half a day at most. Uh, this is going to be interesting because SC might not even know that there's a problem with the Asura server now. Maybe, you know, if they're, they're definitely, this would be something they comment on Play Online and you'd see it pretty quickly. So until mm-hmm. we see a comment from them, uh, I would assume they don't even know. Well, yeah, and it's, uh, it just depends on too, like, I, I can't imagine they, they put any substantial amount of resources into um i don't know how much they put into final fantasy 11 um no one does and that's that's always the guessing game right you're trying to read the mind of a megalith company and how they deal with an older game when there's a newer game that's suddenly having a pop in popularity um but i mean i i would hope that maybe this is something that would catch their eye just because it's it's unique and different enough that it's going to get people talking about it and who knows maybe that whoever that guy is who likes to be the 11 rep you said on the subreddit who knows maybe he'll reach out to someone and he can be our savior uh i i picture 11 within uh square enix as kind of like in um in harry potter when they are using the Polyjuice Potion to go into the Ministry of Magic to get the Horcrux from um, Dolores Umbridge. Uh, when uh, Ron takes the uh, image of that one guy who works in like this obscure department and he has to go stop the rain from falling in this, this superior's office. And it's like he like works in this closet off to the side. I just picture that that's, that's uh, Eleven's place within Square Enix being the Ministry of Magic here. Uh, I mean, it's probably the same space as what CS:GO gets from Valve, as opposed to Dota. There's a lot of there's a lot of games that get pushed to the wayside in that regard. But I mean, I so that that's something that I've actually lacked a large amount of knowledge on is the I haven't sat down and looked through the trajectory of the updates and the major installments and the things that. SE did with 11 since I left and what has been done recently. So I, I don't know if that's something, obviously I don't need the full timeline, but what's the most 
like recent a tangible update that se has given for 11 something that was actually media they, they said they were taking the servers and essentially virtualizing them um instead of being physical servers that they, i mean they replaced hardware a couple of years mm-hmm. ago in the servers as they did every few years they did that one more time and i said i'm pretty sure that they said they are virtualizing the servers or working on virtualizing the servers so that essentially it would eliminate a lot of the overhead and, and issues they have with keeping the game going and eliminate costs and maintenance and, and having to pay more resources than something that has limited resources. So uh, that would be a huge update that would ensure the game's survivability for many years into the future would be essentially running 11 on the Amazon cloud. Not that it would literally be the Amazon cloud, but AWS, mm-hmm. that kind of so, uh, solution for it. So that would be uh, a long-term commitment to streamlining and ensuring the game continues to run. And that's that was something mentioned within the last year or so. Uh, so that's definitely, if they're doing that and they have a 20th anniversary and a job adjustments, uh, the game in the current state it exists in, while there may be a more of a flurry for activity around the 20th anniversary to give us a nice boost to keep going to the future, it looks like they're committed to keeping the game around for many years still. So that's, that's the most that I think anyone's really gotten out of them because no one really knows outside of what they tell us, but what they've told us in the limited capacity that they do tell us things. Uh, that's been a very promising development that anyone who enjoys the game in this sort of adult capacity we're in now, where we grew up with it and we come back to the game or never left in my case. Some people never grew up. Harry, uh, Peter Pan. <laughs> I almost said Harry Potter again. Peter Pan. Uh, but, you know, that's very promising that we'll be able to just enjoy as long as we keep subbing and paying, which the game, the, the fees never gone up. So essentially it costs absolutely nothing. Starbucks is more expensive than than the game now. So... As long I mean, as I wish paying. I'd never. I I wish I'd never left. I do have a certain amount of envy for players who, um, stayed around for as long as they did. And I, I you know, I don't envy it. And I had, I had, you know, life. Just life happens. But, um, I think when it's, sometimes nostalgia can be such a powerful motivator, and sometimes I do look back and and miss that it wasn't something that I continued to play and granted you know journeys and growth and whatever but it's it's fun to be back now and get back into a game that has significantly been made easier in ways like it it did blow my mind like trust and being able to solo certain content and like literally the other day I went into because I thought I'd cleared Dynatav when I quit and I know I'd done it but I guess we never actually like cleared it cleared it Diabolos, and, uh, the, the diamond the yeah. spade and all that. Yeah, and I, I thought I had, but so then I went back into it and I was just checking and I was like, can I just face roll this at 99? I guess it looks like I can. Because I, I level go you in can. And, at 99, it was yeah. still difficult in some capacity. Yeah, so, so I went in at like, at, you know, at, you know, 119 and all that. And I literally just stomped through things and it broke my brain for a second because all of my memories of Dinah, you know, Dinah passed off and maybe you make the wrong pull and then you're just screwed and everyone dies and it's a whole thing and you have to be coordinated in the Alliance and everything. And I just, you know, moseyed my way through Dinah Tav, just like, you're dead and you're dead. Diabolos, you're dead too. And it's, it's so, it was a funny moment for me as a returning player to just kind of pub stomp content in a way that was just not a concept in my brain for so long. So there's been a lot of things about coming back like that, that it has just been sort of a, a mind twister. Even things like, I mean, absolute virtue now, 
Oh yeah. And and Jailer of Love, like one of my pride and joy moments was when I got love twerk for my dancer over a dragoon in my link shell. And it was just because I had priority and I oh, shit, the point system came into effect. Well, well, yeah, it was a whole myriad of things. I'd been in the link show longer. I'd been on the waiting, you know, list for it longer. Yeah. The points like I just had been putting in more time and whatever. That's just how it goes. But there, there was no pride and joy. And I know you can just face roll jailer of love now too, but there was no pride and joy. I had those greater than just getting to take a love to work on my dancer over the DDs who are so mad. I know it's pet but it, it'll always be a great moment so you know you talk about how you you know kind of can we call it a regret not sticking around kind of thing mm -hmm. and you shouldn't because you got to live your life and it's that whole thing the best time to plant a tree was in the past but the next best time is today that kind of nonsense that's you know very simplistic and a bit of a platitudinal phrase but it gets the job done in terms of you lived your life and appreciate that and you know you can always enjoy what's still there now and it's no different than if you had never left in a sense because uh, all that you remember and all that you enjoy is still there in a different way that you would have experienced at the same time had you not left. So it's not like, you know, as long as it's there, it's not like you abandoned your kid at the train station and just came back home one day. You know, like, like it's just an activity like, oh, I got back into horse riding after all these years. I wish I never left. But it's like as long as it's just for enjoyment and there's not like a serious professional repercussion or drawback from missing out, it's like, don't ever, don't ever feel bad to just do things at your leisure and enjoy that you've lived your life in a way that, you know, it shouldn't have been any other way than the way you chose. But, uh, in terms of the love torque and stuff, uh, I have a story for that too. I never got to experience to my regret, um, the, uh, sea scene, sea scene. Really? Yes. I, I, had camped like my my torques and shit there at 75 mm -hmm. and everyone would be like a farming people would shout for farming groups to go fight the ufo because i'd be on black oh, those those oh, motherfuckers man. those ufos when the shadow came over you and you weren't trying to aggro anything and you're like here we go i got to down. it was almost feels like a certain point in the game at 75 sub you know subconsciously to me unaware to myself like my black mage had become my best job and I was out there soloing the UFOs, which was, you know, it wasn't that impressive, but it was impressive because a lot of people kind of had trouble doing that. And you had to right. have the right gear and read posts of people saying how pro you could be, which, ooh, another story about that one last night. Uh, <laughs> the forum said to me and tells I'm trying to get the episode out. Um, but outside of doing that, I never camped any of those NMs, never had a link shell that did it. I, the most I did of a C was getting into a Limbus link shell uh, thanks to... Oh, he's going to kill me. I can't remember his name. He's not even around anymore. He was a Galka. He's he was a Mexican Galka who would we don't, play. We don't like Galkas, though. Yeah, yeah, we don't like Galkas, but this guy mm -hmm. was all right. Uh, Nightbear. 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 I, I believe his name was. And um, was a Mexican Galka who would play System of a Down acoustic on his guitar for me. And when we'd be like in TeamSpeak Amazing. doing. Oh, yeah, it was great. Um, he did it because he knew I liked it. I don't know why he liked me so much, but he did. Um he got me. He also in, probably wanted to show off too. He got me into his Limbus Link shell based on me posting a comment on Auction House on an item page like the Pantin item that like I was just only puppet that time too, kind of, you know, besides Black Mage or something. And uh, I posted a comment about how I'm never going to be able to get that item or something. And he like invited me to his Limbus Link shell, and I actually got to get my my pup AF plus one, which was like a super big deal to me at the time because pup was like my world. So I got to do Limbus and like soloing the UFOs as Black Mage kind of you know slowly as you did 
because they had uh you had to bring them on land because they have regen on the sea and the enhanced rate which was always mm-hmm. something and you know outside of that i got the story here to get to the point I actually, the only time I meaningfully won the Mog Bonanza in capacity to this day, I still enter it, of course. You won the Mog Bonanza? I didn't win first place. I won like third place. But it was as good to me as a first place win because, you know, who the fuck had a mythic weapon back in the 75 era, which is what it was. So for the last bit of the mythic, uh, the 75 era into the early level cap increase point, I won third place. And I was a big thief at that point. And I took the Love Torque as my prize because it was like the best option of rank three because a lot of stuff was garbage. So I took the Love Torque and I used that Torque for quite a long time. So you got your Love Torque from having priority, but I got mine from the Bonanza. And everyone would check me and be like, wow, you have a nice thief because I had Love Torque. And as soon as you see Love mm-hmm. Torque, like your opinion raises to the person. And I'm like, thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks. You know, I worked really hard for it and you know, that kind of stuff. But that's, that's my Love Torque story. It was great. Well, no, it was. It was one of those flex pieces that you wanted to show off. And like, I adore Dancer. So I'm not I'm not a melee person. I much prefer to be a support. I really get a lot of enjoyment out of like micromanaging my team and running around and making sure everyone's okay. So Dancer's right for you. Dancer Dancer was the only like close range job that I ever enjoyed. And I love it. I just I can't dance in real life. I get to cha-cha-cha on game. It's like a ton of fun. So to to walk around with a love torque, really, there's a part of you that does kind of get satisfaction out of flexing on people when they examine you and you're like, yeah, check out that love torque. Like, you know, yeah, it was so big, it was they, big, you know, big dick swinging energy. Well, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I am very sentimental about with Eleven is that other MMOs don't give you that because all of your gear becomes irrelevant the moment a new expansion or or something else comes An out like, in terms of 14 yes like 14 mm-hmm. that, i had a lot of gripes with the game but that was something i didn't like is that you got no pride or joy or sense of accomplishment as ea may say about getting that gear because it just became irrelevant it wasn't like you got those pieces that were a core part of your utility whether it was idle or whether it was you know in your actual um you know fight you know equipment sets that you had was was those pieces that were hard to get and you remember getting them and they were always useful that's not really a thing anymore because people just go for the instant gratification. And that's always something that I've appreciated about 11 that I think is, it makes it stand out among other games is that was some of the longevity that made a game like this last as many years as it has, at least in my opinion is, is that that difficulty and that sense of reward and, and things actually being a tangible uh, moment for you because you knew it was an item that you were going to have forever as opposed to like oh yeah you know i did the first coils of bahamut in final fantasy 14 and that's really cool yeah six months from now the gear is irrelevant we still use as best in slot pieces ho 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 with to this day loquacious earring uh supernomini brutal earring yeah no i i came back and it was it was funny because I look at those things now and some of them, yeah, you don't use anymore or whatever, but most of them. some of them, yeah, some of like even the level cap and, went up and we still use them. Yeah, my like my Marduk's tiara when I first got that, like there's so many moments that I remember so vividly because it was the grind and the effort and and you finally get that item. And that was uh, some of the grind was maybe unnecessarily painful, but 
it really, I think, made the game special in a way that others can't emulate. Also because no one has an attention span ever anymore and no one wants to work for anything, but that's a whole different discussion. I think people would surprise us in that nobody ever wanted to work any more than they do today and that just companies have catered to that uh, in a way that's not done in 11. It's, it's to an extent the quality of life changes, which I think were a positive change, do kind of cater to that in a sense, but they do it, I think, in a much more uh, constructive and positive manner. Like, you don't need to run everywhere. You can still enjoy the world in the mount. You can run faster. You can teleport to places you've been. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are I think those are constructive. You still have to do it at least once, but also there's no reason you still kind of might not do it if you're already in the zone doing a quest or have to do missions or, you know. But I think uh, the reason that, we're so pessimistic about people don't want to work anymore. Not that we're we're boomers aging, as everyone says, because I think everyone who's been around kind of gets that chip on their shoulder. Like, you know, back in my day, people worked and it's not any, there's not really much truth to it. But the feelings behind it are valid of companies do cater to the lowest common denominator even more than they ever have. And games like Eleven don't exist anymore that didn't that went against that grain of like, well, fuck you, you don't like it, you're gonna suck at this game. You know, not holding your hand like other games do, or or trying to constantly keep your attention span with flashy nonsense. So, in a sense, you're correct that the lowest common denominator is being uh, met and catered to for a uh, monetary incentive and gain by a company, kind of like trying to. Uh, Let's look at the the data here on the stream. How long do people view it? How long did they do it? What where are they from? What's their attention span? What can we market to mm-hmm. them? What's their age group? You know, as much as they're breaking down to that point, which is effective for many reasons, but uh, eleven doesn't do that. And it's not that the world has changed in that sort of sense. People are still the same people. It's that uh, games like eleven didn't enable that, like new games do. So, they didn't encourage the behavior. Yes, right. and in some ways they did for the time. And in other mm-hmm. ways, the, 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 the needle keeps moving there of what's acceptable. But I do agree that it's gone to a point, not that people don't want to work. Everyone struggles the same, but uh, just that 11 doesn't give it to them like that. And yeah, I, I think that there should be some sort of balance between it. And I think it's a bit out of balance at this point. I don't want to be the boomer who says people don't work anymore because I see plenty of people struggle. But uh, yeah, there is too much of catering that goes well, on there's, anymore. there's less of an appetite for it or a tolerance yes, for it because why? why would I think you need too. it yeah and i think that's what people don't realize right is that when we sit here and talk about oh the love torque that i got over the dragoon or whatever like those those moments are memorable because of the effort and time and commitment that went into it. And that's not just video games, that's life, right? Like if you, the more you put into something, the more you get out of it. And when you play a game that is asking, uh, not necessarily the bare minimum, but is, is, making sure that it has to ask from you the least amount of effort possible, you are going to get the least amount of reward back from that. And it's going to feel nice in the moment, but it's very fleeting satisfaction. You know, you're not going to remember, like in 14, I can't remember for all the years and all the content that I did, I genuinely can't remember a single item that i got that really i remember the moment that i got it the way that i remember getting that love torque or getting my yin yang robe for the first time on summoner uh, i don't i don't have a memory like that 
And I, I won't ever in games that are designed in a certain way. So to, to feed into the same vein in a comedic fashion here, my favorite comedian, if I've never expressed to anyone here, is George Carlin for many reasons. Uh, my second favorite comedian is Eddie Murphy. And let's put aside the Dr. Doolittle, the Shrek, the, all those other things that people think of Eddie Murphy as. Back in the 80s when he was making Delirious and Raw. So I believe it was Raw where, you know, maybe maybe 30 or so minutes in. I'm not, I, I got to watch it again because I love it so much. I don't watch too many things repeatedly, but I want to see that again. It's been been a couple of years since I last watched it. Let's let's do it again. So in the late '80s, when he made Raw or whatever, uh, he goes on about this thing. When you talk about the the effort made it great, so he goes on about how you know when people be getting married and you know they're they're going and and they're saving sex for marriage and you know and they're like, oh damn, that's the best sex I ever had in my life. But then he goes, if you're starving and, and somebody throws you a cracker, you're going to be like, God damn, this is the best, cra- best cracker I ever in my life. Is that a saltine? You know, it's like it's the whole, you know, it's not that it's better. It's that, right. you know, if, you know, the, the dramatic oh, you know. buildup makes yeah. it seem better than it is. And Eleven has that dramatic buildup where, you know, that's the best pussy you ever had in your life. You know, that's that's that kind of buildup with the love torque and everything. That's the best drop I ever had. I mean, games are like that anymore. But it's just the dramatic buildup that you build up within yourself here to to give yourself this this epic release of uh, of of everything that's gone into the whole journey there. But I think it's important, right? Because that's that's what even if you're not a moment like that is what's going to draw me back to a game after 11 years. The like nostalgia. I yeah. having those moments is what even if it's 11 years later is bringing someone like me back to this game and helping me fall in love with it all over again being the incentive to make me care enough over a decade later to want to come back and i came back to 14 um and i you know leveled one of my i i had had like all the jobs maxed out all the crafting maxed out whatever and i came back and i leveled one job up to the new cap and it just it was, eh, you know, I, I did the dramatic buildups gone, but if you can yeah. still find a way to enjoy the game, everything that was always good is still there in a different way. Well, yeah. And I just, there, there was a very distinct difference there in, in getting something up in 14 and I didn't have to interact with anyone the entire time. And I'm someone who like, if I'm playing an MMO, I very much so cherish being able to have those interactions with people and I, I didn't have to interact with anyone ever to do that. And that's just not going to hold me to a game. Uh, you know, it, it really is a, a pretty game, but it, it's not going to hold me the way that 11 does. And like case in point, I'm playing 11, I'm streaming 11. And how many people like yourself have I now met and engaged with? In and a more fruitful ha- manner. Yes, uh, for a game that's almost 20 years old. So, you know, I try to get away, but it pulls me back in no matter what I do. Tony Montana over here. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of it lately for me has been this uh, waxing, philosophic, tying reality into the game kind of thing, because they are, as much as we try to escape it, it is tied in. And the cat was just scratching the door, and as I said, the Eddie Murphy thing, and Carrot yells through the door, a good climax? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. You can't ever shut the door. My cat will just annoy the shit out of me, so it's always cracked. 14 is kind of like enjoying a Michael Bay movie with all the explosions and the hot pussy and everything. I mean, you can enjoy it the first time, but there's not much value there unless it keeps being more extreme and redone in in that matter. But 11 still has that sort of 
uh, you know, Clint Eastwood kind of feel to it where you can watch, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly again or something. Yeah. You know, you're, you're just sitting there and a little 14 waddles up and you say, get off my lawn and kick them out and you just keep moving. They don't make and them like they used to. Exactly. Well, I mean, they don't. It, it's funny as, as funny as it is to say the line, it, it's objectively true that, um, I, maybe you could argue that it's not a quality decline. It's a quality shift, but it is. I, I view it as a quality decline in, in a product that is catering to a temperament that is more fickle than it has ever been. And maybe again, that's just me being a boomer, but, um, Oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to shame you here in yeah. a bit. No, feel free to shame away. But when I, when I look at things now and I look at, you know, you have Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and, and for youth growing up, it is very much so an instant gratification sort of concept. It does, you know, reduce your ability to want to be invested in maybe more fulfilling, but more difficult things like, you know, say an MMO that takes time as opposed to an MMO that's just easy. It de-incentivizes you to be more than uh, a source of income for people. Uh, you know, the company that's catering to that image and makes everyone think that that's what needs to be done. But uh, as much as we've just talked about that right there in terms of how the game is and how things don't make them like they're used to and this and that, and you, you said it's a quality decline, and it is, it is you, could, you could argue it is a quality decline because taste is very subjective. And in terms of that, I relate that to your wine taste because wine was never made historically in a taste that you like. It has been changed overall as an industry to suit that sort of uh, consumer profile, the, the popular consumer taste and designed to a certain uh, mass audience appeal sort of fashion that the type that you enjoy is actually that mass audience type based on what you've told me recently because you talked about liking Josh or you're having... Don't you make fun of Josh Pino. There's nothing wrong with Josh Pino as an everyday wine. See, you say that, but to me it's a quality decline because historically Pino has never been this fruit bomb lacking any tannins or substance or structure or longevity that was designed... For people who don't truly want more than a crowd-pleasing sort of wine, it's historically been something that you could keep around or had a vastly different profile than it is today. So in a sense, it's a quality decline to meet a lowest common denominator that, you know... So the whole point of me picking on you in this sense is that uh, we're not wrong in our subjective opinions here, but also the same still applies to us. Which is what makes sort of being this, uh, you know, this waxing philosophic armchair philosopher kind of thing. That it also ties back to your whole place in the world and you realize that everything you criticize for, you're also still guilty of yourself in this sense. So it's the, the rabbit hole is immense here, right? Yeah, I mean, that's and, and that is fair, I think, too, is that it it can be easy to not realize the marketing traps you yourself fall into and the traps that maybe not traps, but the habits that you develop as society changes, right? Like, okay, if I look at 11, I have a lot of really fond memories. Do I want to go back to the, you know, back in the day before I quit where I was waking up at 3 a.m. No. and setting 29 minute alarms to, to sleep and then wake up for the spawn window and then go back to sleep? No, not really. I have super fond memories of it but i don't want to go back to the grind of of you know 
kiting King Vinegroon around for five hours while I tried to get, you know, not five hours, but it was it was like at least was two hours. Time. It was a long time trying to get Link Show members up while I have people sitting in the sand hoping that I die. Like, I don't really want to go back to that. Uh, so that's fair because you do get accustomed to how things change. But I still think the point remains that um, at its core, while certain things were more difficult than necessary, um, anything you do in life that takes effort and commitment is going to be a more valuable reward to you than things that are just handed to you. Correct. Uh, it's the struggle that makes it something, you know, it's the best cracker I ever had. You know, the, the kind of... Okay, saltines are incredible, though. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> saltine crackers are really good. Not the ones that have less salt or whatever. Those are trash. But, like, the regular ones are delicious. I think if you had a saltine with some tuna fish and maybe a manzanilla sherry, uh, you could have something going there. Yeah, I heard you talking about these charcuterie bowls. Oh, you have. Else, there you go. You see, my, you see yes. my affinity for trying to mix and match tastes. I taste novel. Yes, I... Lived in D.C. for a number of years and everyone there is oh, just absolutely thing. just so incredibly pretentious and yes. pompous. But one of the good things that came out of it was was just incredible charcuterie boards and cheeses I'd never tried and various meats and, and just so many good things. Uh, so I, I love a good charcuterie board now. As snobby as it is, I can't let it go. And aged Gouda. Aged Gouda is absolutely incredible. Oh, yes, because as it ages, it gains like these salt crystals in it that not only does the cheese become harder, but it um it changes the profile of it. And, you know, it's not like you're... Imagine having, like, salted caramel when you get those crunchy bits of, like, salt in there. It's the same kind of thing, but it's not... It's just, like, a, a, a calcification of of the cheese. Like, the calcium changes shape and structures. I don't structures. know. I just know that, like... Did, did you ever watch Matilda, the, the moment in the movie where... The, the kids forced to eat the whole entire chocolate cake. Yeah, like, of, course, of course. I could of course. I could do that with aged Gouda. I Karen could eat and I that watched in, Matilda like uh, within the last year or so. Yeah, I could I could eat that until I threw up. I love aged Gouda, and it, it has nothing to do with this podcast. But if any of you out there have not tried aged Gouda, please go pick up some. It is a delightful oh, yes. experience, and it's it's definitely something you pair with wine, of course. But it's definitely yes. absolutely <laughs> different than the Gouda people are used to. Yeah, no, I, I like it significantly more than regular Gouda. I believe the Dutch pronounce it like Hauda or something, but... Oh, really? Yes, so it's you guys, not... It's, it's like, so funny. I what, what inspires kind of the interest in those European countries? Because I've I've noticed a lot of that. I, I feel like even in, in game, in Final Fantasy XI, or listening to the podcast, I feel like I come across people regularly uh, talking about or joking about or otherwise discussing kind of these these European, like, you know, Denmark or anywhere else or Germany or anywhere. Like, it's come up a lot. And I don't know if that's just because there's a large demographic in Eleven, but it's it's been interesting to me that I consistently keep seeing it get brought up. Um. That's just my personal biases, I suppose, and interests. Uh, it's not like it's. Are you saying there's a larger influence? Well, because even in, I, I finally joined a link shell, and um, we did a diner run yesterday, and it, there was a lot of jokes again, or like people who you know were from from those countries. Like it, it's just weird to me, and maybe this is just a niche experience that only I am having. Is that like I've listened to it in the podcast with you guys, and then I encountered it in link shell, and I was just like, is it's there? Everywhere. Is there a, I know it, it was one of those things where like you learn about something and it's that fallacy of like you learn about it and then you start seeing it everywhere. So yes. maybe I'm just going crazy. Confirmation Who knows? bias, perhaps. Yes. Or what, whatever it might be like 
Maybe I'm just going crazy. Who knows? Um, I would say that there is a community of European players. I would say that they are vastly outnumbered by Americans because even if we include Australia in the European numbers, like 90% of the viewership of this show is all from America. So that includes, if we include Canada and Australia as European, which obviously they are not, but if we include that, that means 10% of the audience uh, for whatever reason, not that, you know, we have, I mentioned it specifically our, like, uh, Sveden from our Swedish listener, although we have other people from, from Norway or, uh, Eric's from Germany. We've had other people, a lot of people from England is probably our number one European for obvious reasons, speak the same language, uh, within a certain respect. Uh, it's, it's, you know, English and Scottish are, you know, Scottish is not a language. It, well, I, I can't say I'm not. I, I can't say it's not a language, but the English that people speak in Scotland is drastically different from the English that the English or Americans speak. So I mean, it's the same language, but it's not. Not that I'm gonna. I get you off know, on these I've, these I've random tangents, there. but yeah. No, totally random tangent tag on. I've I've been to Scotland and it's fucking hard it, to hear them. Yeah, I sit there and I'm like, I understand that you're speaking a language that I was born and raised with, but at the same time, what are you saying yeah, to me? I knock my bitter along some bitter. Yeah, sometimes uh, you just nod your head and uh huh. So there we go. Oh, maybe there's in a terms, population I, I in think Who knows? I, I would speculate that uh, Europeans founded America and Europeans colonized the world. So I would imagine the influences of all of that directly ties into everything in a sense. So that what's your interest with it? It's like, well, I mean, what is Columbus Day? I mean, like all these random fuck Columbus, but all these random things. Uh, that tie in, you know, why is most of the Midwest of Germanic origin? What? Why was there a, you know, German town in New Jersey that was changed to Allentown during World War One that no longer exists? You know, all these things that shape up uh, what has made America or what makes us or all these things. A lot of the culture has been tied back, you know, pizza, you know, all these things. <laughs> New Jersey's pizza is a thing. Um, you know, all these things kind of tie back to that. So it's not, it, it's... Culture is ubiquitous and, you know, kind of all-encompassing of the world. Like, uh, if you're in Asia, it's a lot different. It, it feels like it's disconnected. But if you're in America, Europe feels uh, romanticized in a way. and oh, absolutely. But not so distant. Like, like you know, no, people know European history. No one outside of uh, Sun Tzu and the Art of War or something. No, no one really knows maybe Genghis Khan, you know, no one really knows about the history of Asia and the way that people know about, oh, World War One, World War Two, you know, like people know about European history much more. So it feels more familiar in sense of descendancy or ability to relate to. And there's also a common sort of, uh, you know, just we're not too far removed, like Americans are European ancestry. So it's it's not very far removed. for on average, of course, there's it's, it's a melting pot of global cultures, Asian, African, Etc. But uh, a lot of it was founded by into this day, uh, still majority European descent. So I don't think we're too far removed as why it's comes up and why it's related. Because people are like, oh, I'm Irish. I I like you know uh, you know coddle or something. You know, it's 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 kind of still ties in. So people discuss it as a point of like food and everything are are very uh, barrier breaking and 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 kind of uniting and how people are like, oh, I like. Uh, Wensleydale cheese too from from Yorkshire, England, or something. You know, it's 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 kind of, you know, I don't know if I'm describing it properly, but it's it's more no, familiar no, to it. us as Americans than it would be to like if you mention, yeah, who's that General Chow guy? You know, I I, I mentioned. <laughs> well, so then I have a question in like 
I, I guess in the way that it relates to Final Fantasy 11 in the sense that like 11 within itself, you can kind of say like, you know, not to say that back in the day was Europe per se, but like just the fact that it has enough longevity and history to it that you can look at how things used to be in kind of old school and whatever and back, you know, back in the day before, you know, we threw the tea in the harbor and whatever. But what what for you keeps you coming back to, to this game? Yeah. What what for you kind of keeps you you willing to engage with I with that it. when yeah, I mean, you can say I, I, that's the easy answer. You know, I enjoy it. But what do you what do you mean by that? Like what? Because for me, I, I can go into it for myself. But like what really keeps you here to. aside from all the flashy baubles, right? Like I've talked about kind of a, a nostalgia. I mean, the game's not flashy factor, anymore but, in comparison to all the other games. So to say flashy baubles, I mean, it's not. It's well, I, not mean, I mean, I mean, flashy baubles as in like why do you keep coming back to this as opposed to all of the other shiny baubles that are now available to you? So why does it take my time and attention versus you like, you could be anywhere. Why did you choose here? Yeah. Um, well people like what's familiar and getting outside their comfort zone while they may do that in certain aspects, you don't do as an entire being like you may be comfortable to get outside of your comfort zone and in certain ways in the workplace or, I'm going to pick up a new hobby or something like, like I'm going to do something different today, or maybe I want a different wardrobe. Like you got your comfort zone in different ways, but everyone still wants to feel in a way that's familiar. And when you play this game for so long, there's a familiarity to it that becomes um, comforting and a form of stability because everyone needs some sense of stability and, right. and, and, you know, that kind of thing. So you could say I, I play the game because I have played the game. Um, why do I keep playing it? Because I still find enjoyment and a lot of my engagement in that enjoyment is outside of the game as it has been because a lot of the things that people rely on and share for the wiki are things I've created. Like, I mean, a lot of things people don't even know I've done that they utilize like the apex page or something. I mean, I've made that people use that. So that's an engagement for me. It's like, Oh, let's, let's do this. I like this. It started off first as something like when I was a new player, what did I need and what do new players today still need? What makes their life work so that when they play the game, I don't think of this when I'm doing it. Like, so when they play the game, how can they make connections like I have and enjoy, you know, living their best life? Uh, there's nonsense things that people say, um, you know, how can I make that happen? And it's not my goal to do that, but it happens to be the consequence. And I'm very content with that being a consequence, obviously. Uh, because why not, you know, share something in a in a good way like that amongst all the the ways that people live today or the the things in the world that aren't as great. Um, I guess you could say I'm captivated by it because I decided to do so many things, whether it's this podcast, getting banned everywhere, um, <laughs> posting on PG, meeting my wife here. It's it's the game at this point has evolved to being, if I have to be retrospective here part of my identity and part of who I am. And it's not that I need the game to be myself. Of course, that's definitely not the case, but it's familiar. It's structure-based. And I, on the same reason I played it for all these years, I enjoy the game. And I was thinking last night, we were discussing the Ranger lore episode. I'm like, you know, how cool would it be to be a Ranger? I've never been a Ranger in like 16 years. I mean, how, how cool would that be? And like that sort of, that, that sort of like uh, childish sense of wonder that everyone mm -hmm. should have a healthy dose of, in my opinion. Like, that's still in this game for me. 
I haven't gotten tired of it. Like, people get burned out, like, oh, I made all the weapons. I've won Daddy's Love. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I've beat the game. I, <laughs> I, I've done all of this. You see this on Reddit. I need to play through 11 so I can do all of Final Fantasy's storylines and say I've completed every Final Fantasy in the world, which is... Which, hey, you do you, but in my opinion, that's fucking stupid and narrow-minded, but hey. Well, it's also very... How do you play through an MMO and consider in your quest to have checked off every box how do you check off the you box can't. of an mmo that's why it's that's why it's fucking stupid yeah. that's you can't but <laughs> that sense of wonder of like i've never in 16 years really wanted to be a ranger and then we talk about it last night and i'm like you know sitting back and shooting and now running around with hover shot and the way it's the mechanics are different and playing it like you know that sounds like fun that sounds like something i could enjoy so that sense of wonder that that childish wonder that i still capture in terms of this game not that i couldn't do that with like building a birdhouse or or hunting deer or something that people do because everyone has a different you know my love of 11 is no different than someone that likes to go out and, and hike in the mountains which is it's, it's beautiful to go see stuff like that of course and not that you can't do both but you know that's no different in terms of how i feel about it than how i imagine other people feel about their hobbies so it just happens to be something i fell into and from that uh how i've grown with it and how it provides a familiar sense of comfort and stability in my life as everyone needs. And how I, it's at my own leisure. I can do whatever I want and I can walk away and I won't play it all week or something because I'm busy doing XYZ. Or, or I'm with Carrot out at the mall or something complaining about how pants have changed in the fashion sense. Um, you know, it still provides that environment of relief. Being able to still... In, like, the world is old. They haven't added new zones in years. But sometimes to go through, like... When I'm making this uh, Vajra and going through these older zones, just to, like, I don't usually play the music, but to turn the music on, especially as a treat sometimes, just to kind of like feel. You don't and, have the music yeah. on, really? I usually don't play with the music at all. So, what, Oh, I love yeah. Final Fantasy music. Oh, it's that, great. Yeah, because sound But all the time is, is not. Nah, I, I always leave it on just because sound for me, I, I think in general, sound and smell are very big like memory like provokers for for humans like they really can be tied heavily into memory and for me i i really enjoy just experiencing the music in a zone also i'm so cripplingly paranoid about dmca takedowns on twitch now that i just uh -huh. don't play music at all so i compensate for that clearly but no I, I i agree like being able to experience some of those older zones just to go back and just be in the zone, and it brings back such a wealth of memories to you. I, I don't mean to completely derail us, but did you see no, the not. screenshot in general of that McGowan character? Is another the, one? The newest one. Oh boy, hold on. It, no, this this is not derail. It's a gem. Uh, uh what? Uh, <laughs> so, I didn't think this was going to be such a fucking thing. And now this <laughs> this isn't even Zan sharing this. This is, this is Haya sharing this. It is McGowan on Bahamut now, not McGowan Asura, who is looking to get most out of game and get into game. Um, I choose Thief. No, so this is McGowan yelling, looking for an LS that has room for an unknowledgeable player. Oh, God. It's so great. It's so great. It's a statement, not a question. He's uh, the gift that keeps on giving. This is, this is the commentary that makes the... This is who we talk about. This is this is the audience we derail. Is this this McGowan guy? You know, he needs to go eat some coddle and and and, and take stock of his life here. Well, it's like I, I, again, Mike. When I look at a, something like that, I'm trying to dig beyond just that base statement slash question, whatever it may be. Is uh, what well, you're are looking you into it? 
Yeah, like what are you, what's McGowan actually wanting out of this? Are you just wanting someone to hold your hand and spend all day answering your questions and showing you how to do things? Yes, because- they want to be spoon fed. And this is this is where Fox would go off and and fucking have this uh, you know, monosyllabic tangent here of of just Oh, you know, of course, this is how people want because no one wants to fucking look anything up. And hey, can you carry me? You know, that's been uh, that's actually really funny because I I listen to that and then I sit there and I'm like, I'm doing stuff and it it is really easy, especially when you're doing something like streaming. It can be extremely easy to just ask a question to chat and have chat answer it for you. And I've tried to like I have the BG wiki open when I play constantly like i think right if i look at my tabs i have three tabs open on various things about final fantasy 11 on the bg wiki that i'm just open to and like reading through and trying to familiarize myself with but it is always a temptation it is always a temptation to just take the easiest route and ask someone like when i was trying to figure out exactly you know what omen is and all this stuff to just have someone do it for you but it's also just kind of sucks at the same time because you at the end of it you're like oh it's this whole cool new thing i was trying to engage with but i didn't really engage with it and now kind of the magic's been ruined and i don't even know how i got onto that topic but here we are you know it's kind of like bb king and thrill is gone i'm I'm gonna admit something right here and uh i'm not proud of it but i don't understand the reference oh it's he's a he's a blues famous blues singer who had a song called thrill is gone uh you know Uh... Yes. Uh, so. Well, that's my uncultured swine. Well, I mean, I can't expect uh, that. I, I can't expect every reference I make to be understood. I made a reference to mole rats when we started the episode here about Neil before Zod, you know, snoochie boochies. You know, I, I don't expect people to know that. That's just me being very tongue in cheek. And, you know, we talked about how I don't want people to feel familiar with me. But at the same time, earlier when you asked why I play this game, I actually shared my direct feelings, which... I always get into because I'm very uh, waxing uh, emotional. You know, I, I just I always get to that point where it's like, you know, I'll, I'll share how I feel. But, you know, it's. <laughs> you get the talking stick now. So you get to the... <laughs> the talking stick. Yeah, you, you kind of get sucked into the conversation. You do end up, you know, for for I'm a multifaceted person, I'd like to imagine. So I think I think the problem is we'd all like to imagine that. I don't know how many facets McGowan has, but. Uh, it, it seems like there were not many facets there. I'm just waiting, like patiently waiting on the general channel for some update because I'm not in game, nor am I on that server. And I'm actually kind of sad now because I feel like Azura is, is really missing out. Oh, it it lost a national treasure. This has not been seen since the guy who chose thief. The guy who chose thief. That's the blue peas. That's the blue peas. Oh, the blue peas. Okay. Chat. Or well, listen, I see chat. Like I'm on my stream. Um, I don't know if the viewers have already understand the blue pea thing, but I'm very much so looking forward to getting to that point in the in the podcast to understanding blue peas and not just having this weird quasi reference that makes zero sense when I play the game and I like get a blue pea drop and I just don't understand why it matters. But like I now understand there's some relation there that's not connecting. Why is my mod garden um, memeing me? Yes, just just know that blue peas have expanded, I think, maybe beyond what you ever would have expected. It has a life of its own. It does. It does. Just like McGowan looking for. You know, I, the funny thing about McGowan is like the blue piece thing is like this guy is just an anomaly. McGowan is the norm here of 
Please, I didn't do any research. I don't want to do any work. Somehow I found this game and wish to play it. But can everyone do everything for me? I don't feel like learning. Yes, that is the thing. Can everyone do everything for me? And if you are on Final Fantasy XI, it means that you have an internet connection, which means that you are perfectly capable of opening up a web browser and looking up things for yourself. And, and people... I- like, again, I go back to the the point very quickly that, like, yes, it can be easier for people to answer things for you, but you don't retain that information. You don't actually understand. Yes. And people used to attack me back in the 75 era when they'd ask these similar questions. And as a new player who didn't know shit, I had the same attitude of, well, why aren't you looking it up? And people would attack me. Well, not everyone uses window where it can minimize the game before windowed mode existed. And they would be like, they can't minimize the game. Why don't you just help them like a nice person instead of being a dick? You know, it's that that kind of that kind of mentality. But the the object there is never changed. It's the same sort of person, and you can minimize the game now. They have no excuse. So the goalposts move to well, they just want to get into it. You know that kind of and this is this is no different. This person, it's like last night I had Clint Beastwood of Asura. Uh while I'm trying to get the episode out at fucking three in the morning before I have to wake up and do this. Person um, before. Yeah. Uh, it, I posted that in the yells of a service section of the Discord. If you're not in Discord, join the Discord. It's a good time. Um, and I'm trying to get the fucking episode out and I'm dealing with, I could have it out super quick, but I can't because there was the issue of I had the bit rating correct for Fox's recording and it made him sound like he's from, you know, I said he was Yuri Gagarin here exploring space for the first time, reporting back into the podcast. If you don't know who Yuri Gagarin is, he's the first. I do, I do. Oh, okay. yes, yes. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, you know. I, I didn't know because based on the precedent of other things, uh, like you didn't know B.B. King, so I figured knowing like, look, more people moron, know B.B. King than Yuri Gagarin. Sometimes I'm not so much of a moron, and that's well, one of those I, I've times. never considered you a moron. Oh, give it time. There oh, will be a please. Moment. Me first. Yeah, anything related to math is just not going to end well. Oh, I don't do math either. This is a contest of okay, self-deprecation. <laughs> No, we uh, we say no, be comfortable I, I, with yourself, but the self-esteem is certainly uh, lacking and needs to be improved. Yeah, self-awareness never hurt anyone, though. Yeah. I can I can admit my faults, and I try to be one of those faults. I try to be aware of a fault, you know. But wait, wait, did I I interrupted you on this on this Clint Beastwood? Oh yes, 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 yes. As if no one wanted to talk about. It. So for anyone who doesn't know, Clint Beastwood. Uh, I was trying to get the episode out and it was a problem. I'm trying to learn. Like, I've never had to try and fix a robotic echo from lack of quality recording. You can't really fix that. I was trying to mitigate it so it was at least, I, I did the best I could. It was a lot better than what I started with, I think. Um, it doesn't fix it. But so I'm trying to do that at the same time. I have this jackass walking up to me, being like, he starts the conversation with, is the thief guide up to date? And it's like, wait, that's how he started it? Yes, yes. He just started it by demanding something of you? Yes, that's also, that's a good way to start me off on the wrong path here that I started off oh, on. Oh, no, no one, I, that's an instant shutdown for me. If so, the first, that's like someone coming into my chat and hitting exclamation point age. It's like, yep. no, you you say, hello, you have a conversation. I'm sorry, yes, I'm interrupting yes. and, again. And like, that is so frustrating. I, I don't like, I see that as well when someone, like, I get that all the time. That I get that normally where people go, hello, how are you today? And it's like. No, 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 motherfucker. We're not, we're not doing this. We're not, don't give me this bullshit, you know, a superficial hello nonsense. I don't like, know what you. Do you, want? you don't know me. What do you want? So I can appreciate that he at least got right to the point where he says, any updates to the Thief Rudra set that aren't posted? So I responded back with maybe. And he goes, it starts off directly into something. Fox and I talked about this last night. I could just sense the aneurysm Fox was going to get. But Fox is familiar with Clint Beastwood. 
and points out that Clint Beastwood is the number one guild buyer he knows on the server. So, <laughs> yes, he goes, I'm at damage. I I'm at a damage cap, which, what the fuck is a damage cap? I'm at a damage cap and can't seem to break it. Sata Rudras does the same damage as Sata or TA Rudras, which is incorrect. There's no... If you're stacking them, it's not... No. There's different... You're, you're, you're literally telling me that by adding an agility modifier on top of your dex modifier for sneak attack, trick attack, force crit, you're telling me that adding an agility modifier is not changing the damage? What do you... And that's why I assume that he's, he's a cap damage. So they're like, I'm using Vajra main hand, and I go break damage cap, like 99k. He goes, no, not the hard damage cap. Adding more critical damage bonus didn't seem to increase my overall damage. And I said, sounds like a very scientific study. And, you know, and I do like when people trickle information to you. Yeah. Like, let like me pretend I know asking, what I'm saying. Yeah, they're giving like small questions and they just don't provide any context. And if they had just been str- like, if. If you're going to waste my time, give me everything up front so that we can just try and parse through this in the most efficient way possible if I choose to engage with you. But I, I hate when it's like this. You answer the question, they go, oh, yeah, but this thing. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me about that thing in the first place? And it's like, and it's like, oh, but this thing. And they're pretending they know what they're talking about because he goes, BG says crit damage bonus is 100% cap. But I don't understand. I'm hitting that with just Sata or Trick Attack. Both would give me 60%. And it's like, we're making up numbers now and understanding how things work. And it's like... <laughs> And they go, just test it on frogs for a couple of hours. And it's you do it for a couple of hours because that's probably a lie, too. So I said those poor frogs. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, th- that is sad for them. They had to go through a lot for that. They're fighting apex frogs. And obviously, you can see the faulty logic already. First of all, why are you testing? What are you testing with Vajra in the first place? And why are you using frogs and what are you trying to test here? What is the aim of this test? There's, there seems to be just, what is my damage when I do X? But even if you knew that answer, what is the value of that? And to the weapon, to your DPS, what, what, is, what are you trying to get here? This is nonsensical. You're pretending, this is like a kid here mixing something in their science kit and going, I'm studying. It's like, no, you're not. What, you, what is this? What are you doing? You're, you're doing things expecting that it provides an answer. And you have no idea what answer you're looking for. And you have no idea what you're doing. But you're pretending that you, you read the manual that you didn't read. And you're, you're, you think that you're trying to learn how to be a better player here. But they go, this is the part that really got me. They said, I said, those poor frogs. And they go, indeed. So they're starting to get annoyed with the fact that I'm, I'm dismissing them because I don't give a shit. And they go, people saying they hit 95k Rudras in the forums, but I don't see how. Yes, we've gotten to the point of the forum said. Oh no. And they go, maybe with bolstered frailties, I guess. So now it's... I just, I just hate that he's also, like, getting impatient that yes. you are not engaging with him in the I'm way dismissing that he's standing, him. Even though, like, there was no... You had zero obligation to engage with him. So I said, you know, in response, I go, they really just want daddy's love is how. They just believe in it more than you do. <laughs> well, that's... If you were if you were beating around the bush, that was. I, I now I'm Nolan making a plain that I'm going from dismissing them to making fun of them. Well, I mean, it's it's also like social social etiquette. The and social MMOs. pressures. Oh, well, social pressures, but like social etiquette of if you there's a way to approach someone and ask a question and get Correct. a healthy dialogue, and it seems like everything they're oblivious that he to that. Did, everything he did was incorrect i so i've seen him around and in, in juno and i just i was so sad because i really liked the play like the play the on his name yes but he was a and i was like that just kind of ruined some of the magic for me granted i can't 
there there's certain jobs in this game that I'll never touch because I I just don't understand how anyone enjoys them. And this unfortunately, is Thief. it's not too hard. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Beastmaster and I, I'm sorry to say this puppet or puppet master or one of those. I can't. I don't. I, I don't understand it. I never will understand it because I sit there and I'm like, look at my Garuda. That's so cool. Look at that puppet. Garuda, Pupp puppet. Puppet's a lot <laughs> tougher with a lot more minutia and a lot more to understand yeah, than some. I just can't. Because I can't like on on the meta scale of of everything, I I know it can do a lot. It's it's you know all that, but I just look at it. And I'm like, you have a puppet. I just I don't. I'm I'm sorry. I know. I know you love Puppet Master. I just can't. Uh, you know I do, but it's difficult even for me to play because it's a very difficult job. If you love tinkering, as I've always said, it's a great job to tinker with. But it's difficult, man. It's it's tough. You got to work. You got to keep in mind an, uh, an AI that doesn't always cooperate on top of you trying to do something against an AI that doesn't cooperate because it's fighting you. So Pup's tough, man. There's a lot to know, and it's it's hard to even keep it all in mind when you're doing it. You know, Blue Mage I mean, has got facets, being but fair, Pup, man. Because I did that stupid assault yesterday where you uh, have Kalu to... brothel no not not the brothel and i swear i saw that somewhere i'm gonna die on this hill but no it, it was one where you had to go get those automatons oh and you waking had to, like, the puppet at them and get them to follow you and like once you just aggro them onto a, a white and just pull it back with you it was easy but like i was clapping at that motherfucker and it was emoting at me and i was like this is why i don't play this job i don't have it unlocked I never it's not even related to the job i know i know and and that's why i'm just not being fair to puppet master at all but i sat there and i was like you better come here. I'm Fuck clapping at you. <laughs> I've just never been able to. I'm sorry. When I had to read those for Vajra, I actually forgot you could put it on a, an enemy until I pulled up the BG page and it said that there. And I'm like, oh, God, should have pulled up BG. I know. I, I actually, I, I really do the BG wiki for all of the time and, and effort that goes into it. It's an incredible resource to still have and to still actively be being improved upon 20 years into a game that I think sometimes it's worth just taking a step back and acknowledging that a lot of things don't have a resource like that that's still being improved upon. So shout out to, I mean, you and Funk and everyone else who takes the time to, you know, make it my life easier. Yeah, it takes and a it's, village. It's a, there's a lot of improvements really still mistakes, to be done. You know? It's a lot of improvement to be done there still. Hopefully the zones can hopefully be done one day. They need a lot of improvement for people, especially in your position yeah, coming that's, back. That's just me being nitpicky. Just, no, it's not, it's not, it's not being nitpicky. Wanna... It's, it's an important, it's, it's, I, uh, it's the first thing I brought up. You never mentioned it. I mean, it's, it's the most important lacking area still is the zone pages need to be improved dramatically. And that's mostly my fault that they're not done. Oh, I think less sexy things to update and, you know, things that aren't about theory and maybe actual, you know, guides. fight gameplay. And yeah, things Thief like that. Guides. Are, yeah, things like that are are more exciting on a personal level than like, I'm going to go to the, you know, Shadow Sanctum and update the wiki page on this and whatever. Like things like that just inherently aren't as sexy of a concept. So so what's also funny about this Clint Beastwood thing is all the while I know that there are a couple of minute changes that would change numbers but aren't important to overall damage that I mm -hmm. have not posted in the Thief Guide. So this whole time I know what he's asking and I'm not giving him the answer because I know there's minor changes but um, I'll get it. Let me finish this Clint Beastwood thing, I suppose. So after I said that they just want daddy's love more than you and they believe in it more and I got laughing my ass off. How high are you? And I said, not at all. And he goes, just got no chill, lol. So now what? it's now the person's expressing that they're getting mad at me. This is the, you realize that this is the same exact interaction as you had with the person trying to get you to sign the farewell card at work. Yes, in a different it's a different way. Yep. But it's yeah, it's, it's the exact much more same passive concept. and drawn out. 
yeah, it's it's still someone making a decision for you without giving you any autonomy in this situation and then berating you for not behaving the way they want you to behave. Correct. And they, they're completely oblivious to that. They go, well, if you got no tips, that's fine. Just saw you shout, so I figured I'd ask. So you're going to the guy whose guide you're following and asking if there's something that they're not getting from your guide and going to you who they've been going to in the first place for an answer. And now you're flipping the script of trying to put them down of, well, if you don't understand or have any tips, that's fine. I just figured I'd ask you, you know? Well, yeah, basically you, you didn't tell me what I wanted to know, even though there was no reason for you to, and your question was horribly drawn out. So screw you. So yeah, I give them some constructive feedback here at this point because it's like, okay, Okay, I can't just make fun of you the whole time. I, I do have the guide. I got to say something. So I go, I go, I mean, you'd beat a tack cap on those frogs, I'd imagine, because he mentioned bolster frailty, even though he's not doing it. I, I'd hope he is. I go, but it's not like adding more crit damage means you see no difference. And I go, the decks also matter. It's not just straight up crit damage or weapon skill damage here. And I got back, pretty sure I'm best in slot. Ooh, unless sets have Ooh. changed. Ooh. Ooh, which... Best in slot. Yes. Oh. yes. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about Eleven is the minutia of it and, and how situational things can be. And the best in slot stuff just always cracks me up because I feel like you're they're trying to go for an answer, like such a simplistic answer to a game that just is not simplistic. You know, it's just, it, you can see the rabbit hole this is devolving down of uh, just the mindset that Fox and I make fun of completely because Fox here posted in the Discord, this is in the yells of Asura section of the Discord because that's where these conversations go is yells. Sometimes Abject's trash channel. Sorry, Abject, we've taken your trash channel for actual trash. But Fox goes, the amount of gill that, that Clint Eastwood, Clint Beastwood dude buys is legendary. He almost single-handedly made my aimer with all the ambuscade he paid my group for back in the day once upon a time. Surprise didn't just pay someone for their sets. Jeez. I just, like, I don't understand what, what's the point of that? I'm confused. Well, they want to be the best. Yeah, but, like, you don't, What what is the best to you? Just having the best gear? Quote, unquote, you know. Well, that's why I, he goes, he goes, lol, mind looking at my gear and telling me what I'm fucking up? You know, it's like, you can't go back and forth between, oh, if you don't know, or, oh, you mind looking? You know, uh. Hey, I'm just going to free things from someone and get upset when they don't give me free things and all of their time. It's just, this is, this is why people, like, on stream, I'm sure you get this too, with these type of people that just come in. It's like, the not just the age thing, but just, it's just in general, they kind of just, they're, like, self-serving and, and, you know, ingratiating for their own sense of accomplishment like hey what can i get from this person you know and it's and all the while they refuse to learn they'd rather try and prey upon people's information and and, and resources for their own gains than ever actually produce anything of value for themselves but it all comes from laziness too yeah like, yeah you're but, just you're at your core you're just being a very lazy person and that's why something kind of that indignation that people will show is one of my favorite forms of that on on stream is when someone will follow me and then if i don't acknowledge it because i'm doing something and i don't always call out every single person who follows me they'll be like you're welcome for the follow and at that point i'm like out the channel leave i don't want it go away you know and it, it's just it's so funny to see like and that evolves in so many forms like same with like clint beastwood is 
I'm so hard to say that name right every time, is they just kind of... The good, the bad, and the ugly here. Yeah, they want instant gratification in whatever way, and I just don't understand why someone assumes that you are going to give that to them in the way that... Like, I'm sure... Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure there's a way this person could have posited a question to you that would have received a amicable response. Because they they also claim to know in here. Like, they, they go... And I've tried pushing Aeneas since you have it as the highest damage dagger. I just don't see it. And I go, what do you mean? I go, literally just, you know, wait, is this them as well? I go, I'm actually reading the, the context here of what I said. I go, um, they go, I don't see which, I don't just don't see it. And I go, because it doesn't provide any context. Aeneas isn't the strongest in a vacuum, I go. And they go, I agree. And I go, look, you, you can't agree because you just said that you take it literally that it's supposed to be the strongest here. And then they go, but it fell behind Twashtar by several million damage over the course of a divergence. And I go, you don't understand what you're talking about here. Like, I I put in here, the point of the guide isn't to give you every answer and make you understand it. It's to provide a functional level of gear sets and comparing and understanding mechanics. But you can't be like, you just say this is the strongest. I don't understand. And then just go to... uh, You know, this person literally goes in here, I understand the mechanics of Thief. Let's see. This is just the great line here that that ties all of that in together. Uh, where's the mechanics one? But I put here that the guide isn't for spoon spoon eh, for spoon feeding the information you want. It's just to get the point, and the rest comes from understanding as you play the job. And they 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 go. But I have a solid understanding of thief, and I understand the mechanics, <laughs> and I parse the fights. And it's like, no, you don't you don't understand because this whole thing is demonstrated. You don't understand. Because I go, is 95k damage not enough? They go, yeah, but I'm only doing 75k. And I'm like, but you don't, you're doing that against a frog. That's not, it doesn't translate. And just, so the whole point of this is how people kind of approach. It's been a weird rabbit hole of getting down this. It's not, I, I don't even know if it's truly related at this point to the conversation. I just wanted to go into the Clint. We go with the flow. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to go in the Clint Beastwood thing because it just, I get this, these kind of things and just, People don't understand why I'm rude to them about getting these things. It's because people don't understand that they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that is a point, right? It's like, I think also sometimes people are too embarrassed or prideful to admit that there might be something they're missing. Like if, if you're Clint Beastwood, I, I would like to think that at some point you might have had a self-reflective thought of like, I'm clearly missing something here. What am I missing? What is this thing that I'm missing? As opposed to this is the evidence in front of me and it doesn't match up with something else I've seen. Ergo, that thing must be wrong. And I think, especially like in a game like this, yes, you can extrapolate it to life and whatever. But in a game like this, you have to be able to look at something and go, okay, this isn't making sense. So more than likely I am missing something. What, what within this am I missing and how can I problem solve that? And I just feel like a lot of people don't take that extra step, which is a very easy step. But if you're lazy, I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's easier to just demand answers from you and, and cranky tells. And I end up being the bad guy here because I want people to come to the realization on their own because, as you said, you don't learn anything when it's just given to you. And I, I agree, you don't retain that information. If someone just provides the answer, I mean, you have to have a way of retaining it. And if you can't discover it on your own, I, like, I'm being 
uh, I could be more constructive or helpful here and not, you know, demeaning someone or teasing them or making fun of them. I could do that, of course, but it's on my terms. I want it to be in my, my style here of I'm going to lead you to the water here and I'm going to beat your dead horse as I do it. Um, but you have to come to that realization on your own. And like, if you don't and you keep pushing and pretending, you know, shit, you don't know, cause you're already trying to copy a guide in the first place and, and quote, push this job to its highest potential or some nonsense. I mean, you have to get to that point. And this game's always been about being able to like, Anyone can follow the guide and copy the sets and be best in slot. <clears throat> but but you have to be able to understand and come to realizations on your own. No amount of guild buying or, you know, just pretending you understand shit you don't. Because what's the, I, I got in this guy, I'm like, what's the whole point of testing every dagger in, like, what's the picture you're trying to find? What, what are you doing? What, what do you think? Like, do you think this translates? Do you think... Fighting this frog translates to divergence performance. Do you understand how to use these daggers? You don't clearly understand the difference of the value of Vajra. He's like, I want Vajra to one-shot things with a sneak attack bonus. It's like, why? Why are you one-shotting? Like, what's the point? Like, like in wave one in divergence, you don't need that extra oomph. Because he specifically said wave one, two divergence one-shotting. It's like, you don't need that oomph on a thief that's geared to your point, especially... To get like, that, does he just want to to show off? Like, I don't understand the point. Like, what do you want to be? Like, like I'm are a cool thief. Are you just trying thief? to flex on people? Yeah, that's what. Like, I'm like, are you just trying to be the the baddest bitch in town? Like, I don't. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, it, I just get the impression that this person just wants to do the most damage and wants everyone to notice that they're doing the most damage. And like, they are directly the person Daddy's Love meme is is constructed <laughs> off of. This this is the person that gives birth to Daddy's Love. This is the exact person. <laughs> oh god that's just gotta be a day in the life has gotta be something else and look it's easy to put these people down as i do but there's a reason behind it as we discussed and the whole point is to you have to destroy something and deconstruct it in order to reconstruct it in a better fashion because the the house this guy's built for himself here is not up to code and this house is gonna have to be knocked down and build something up to code here otherwise you're gonna be living in substandard housing the rest of your life here yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I see stuff like that and it just, it it's, gives it's me tough. the impression of, it's tough, but it's also like, I, I mean, it's, I, I think people asking questions inherently is a good thing. Yes, but maybe. It, like shallow, when all you're asking is shallow questions, it makes me wonder how interested you actually are. Uh, and, and that's what I don't understand. It's like when I, when I play 11, I get a lot of enjoyment. Like usually when I'm, I'm done with stream, cause I know there's so much I have to catch up on. I will sit in bed on my phone and it, whether it's lore, refreshing myself on lore or anything like that. Um, I'll just go through on my phone, like various questions that came up to me, like tabs that I opened in my browser while I was streaming and I was playing Final Fantasy XI. I will open those up on my phone and just do a deep dive through and just read things and try and... Rabbit and, holes. Yeah, yeah, go through these rabbit holes. And I feel like people like that don't have that level of curiosity about the game. And being curious is so very important to, I think, the what you get out of something like Final Fantasy XI is whether it's being curious about numbers or, or, you know, whatever it may be or, or the lore or anything like that. I think 
you always want to be curious because the more you're curious, the the more you're directly going to get from the game. And so when you're just when he's just sending you a tell and demanding an answer about something, that's very shallow curiosity. It's not anything that's substantial. And I, I would encourage people to to like, you know, just get on your phone and putz around and, and read about things. But no one wants to read anymore. So who knows? Well, that's like saying no one wants to work anymore. People just always have wanted the like, path of least I, resistance. I want blank, blanket statements, you know? Just yeah. let me make Everybody loves this nice, safe, security blanket. So <laughs> I have two curiosities. The first one is going to be, how is that three to four day old wine you're having? It's, uh, well, it's an $11 three to four day old wine. And honestly, it's, it's really not too different. Um, I think as much as you can literally screw a cap onto it and throw it in the fridge, it preserves relatively well. But it's also a white wine, and you know it's about as good as a white wine's going to be. I don't know. I, oh, I have you're so hard on white wines. wines. You've never had great I, white I wines. Really, have you? I really don't like them because I'm super adverse to sweet, and maybe I just have confirmation bias of the majority of white wines that I, whether the vineyards I've been to or whatever, I just they're all sweet, and I don't like them. So that's probably a failing on my end of again a blanket statement of just being I don't like white wine, but um, it's it gets the job done. I mean, I, I don't know. I've had I've had spectacular white wines. I've had, you know, uh, Corton Charlemagne, Burgundies or Montrachets or or Grosse Laga, you know, Auslazes that are Maybe I'm just not willing to be curious about them. I think uh, I, I do think a part of it is just that it, it's that confirmation bias you get about something of like, I tried something once and I didn't like it. And that happened eight years ago and i will always think this thing and who knows maybe i just need to go and and try some stuff out and see how my get, palate has get changed. a dry riesling that's always a great time and there's a difference between fruity and sweet and if you learn that difference um having a dry riesling is definitely a treat between uh you know piquant acidity and a lack of sweetness that is made up for by a perception of fruitiness. Like having that, like like really good dry Riesling can change your entire perception on white wines and how how incredibly hefty those can be. Like built like a tank that like, you know, it'll certainly last better in your fridge for three to four days than, than, than the, <laughs> than the Starbro uh, Sauve Blanc from New Zealand would. Yeah, to be fair, it's also, I, I treat the wine with, I don't want to say the respect that I give it per se, but like, I'm not, I'm not going to treat a really nice bottle the same way I'm going to treat the $11 bottle of Starborough that I get at the CVS down the street. See, you're lucky in California, you can go to the CVS or the Rite Aid and get a uh, quality priced alcohol in, in Jersey. You cannot do that. So and in Pennsylvania, especially not forget that. There? Uh, so in Pennsylvania, the state runs the liquor stores like it's fucking oh, Sweden or something. That's terrible. Yes, oh, that's yes. That's gotta be some religious bent from way back when, right? I would assume so because Pennsylvania is populated, besides Philadelphia, by you know like the Quakers and the uh, Pennsylvania be, Dutch. Yeah. You know There's those some those kinds of something. yeah, like and on average, it's you know outside of Philadelphia, it's a very red state. Outside of that, especially working class Pittsburgh has changed over time to be more red than it used to be. So it's very conservative. See, I can imagine that happened. But in Jersey also, there's pretty strict, we have very strict gun laws and we have very strict liquor laws actually here. So. Well, we have, uh, I mean, Cali has very strict gun laws, but hey, if you, if you want booze delivered to your house and weed on top of it, you go ahead. Well, that's part of California. LA. So, I mean, they, they do. Yeah. That. LA is, is great for that, but no, I think, uh, 
You've made a valid point that I will take Carrots into consideration in on the white she's, wine. She's looking. We're talking about how you can buy shit at the Rite Aid or the CVS. Yeah, like I can, oh yeah, she's got. I don't even know if she can hear me, but yeah, I can. She's from California, water. so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. She can't hear you, but. Oh. I don't. I'll know have this moment for, for myself then. You know. She's looking for. Oh, your headphones weren't they in the uh, the TV stand? Not this one, but the TV stand. Okay, the old crummy ones. I don't know where the new the new better ones are then. But anyway, um. I feel sad. Maybe those old crummy headphones hurt you, hurt you guys, and it hurt their feelings. Yeah, they you just know, know. Don't talk shit about the headphones. They'll, they'll leave you forever. <laughs> There's nothing worse. You get on a plane or something, and you realize one of the headphones is out. I, ooh, one of the ears they should never work, be out. And, oh, yeah, no. That, well, that was back in the day. I always used earbuds, so like the cord would sometimes get messed up, and it was nothing worse. You'd have to like twist it just so ooh, to get it to work bad. again. Yeah, and then it was sad. It was the beginning of the end of a beautiful relationship, so... I wanted to go into my wine of the day is why I started off with your wine. Oh, yes. So. Well, tell me. Okay. Now that we have abused my poor Starbrew, tell me about your wine of the day. If you like grapefruit, there's nothing wrong with having a Starbrew from New Zealand. I mean, that's, that's very grapefruity. I hate grapefruit. Mm. Does it taste like... I don't hate it. It doesn't taste like anything. Mm. <laughs> no, I'll, I don't know. I'll New it. Zealand is very big, bold fruit to me is why I think it's popular. Yeah, but I don't think grapefruit is big bold fruit it's like avocado it's just kind of eh. i don't know if you like avocado i'm not a fan i well you don't like avocado it's bland mush that's overpriced do you not use salt i love yeah okay yes but your bland mush should not do you be not mix in tomatoes with it acidity and salt take an avocado to a great yeah, place yeah but like i don't want to have to take the avocado to a great place for the price that you're charging me for the avocado it should be great because it's great and that's why you're charging me my kidney for it not because i need to add salt and tomatoes which are delicious and i love both i like avocado in things i can get on board with but the i don't really like i don't know Avocado is just kind of eh. Eh, I mean... Like grapefruit. What kind of boomer are you? You don't enjoy avocado toast. Is that not why we're all poor? I, I know. And I just, I can't bring myself to spend $20 for LA avocado toast. I like peanut butter. I get peanut butter on my toast. Whatever. Wait, but back to your wine. Peanut back butter to your wine. Yeah, yeah. You, get, you bring the toast out and then it's all melty and you put the thin layer of peanut butter and the peanut butter gets all melty on it. It's so, incredible. I know this is an only pans bit here now, but I do an English muffin toasted and then I add Ooh. The, mm -hmm. the just peanuts, the crunchy peanut butter that's just peanuts mm -hmm. without any of those additives or anything because I don't like the sugar or the whatever they add to it. And then I, I take some of the, not, not Nutella, but like the real hazelnut spread with the, the bits of hazelnut still in it that I pick up from mm -hmm. uh, Aldi or Lidl. And I, I add that over that. And the like and on its own, the hazelnut is too sweet. But when you add the peanut butter, it adds like this rich balance to it on a toasted English muffin. Oh, it's fucking great with some black coffee. Oh, it's, it's, okay, it's English fucking... muffins, I feel like are underrated. English muffins are excellent. Part of enjoying life and enjoying the game is enjoying food and not just having cup of noodles. Okay, but cup of noodles also like I'll have a soft spot for just trash garbage food. Like like cup of noodles always. It's horrible for you, and the sodium, so you'll be preserved for the rest of your life. But it's so preserved. It's so good. You're gonna mummify with the cup of noodles. Yeah. Well, didn't they? Uh, there was some study, and this had nothing to do with Final Fantasy XI. And I'm it sorry, matter. We there, was, there was some study or something I read like years ago about how like all the additives and preservatives and like extra salt and everything we're eating means that like people are decomposing slower than they used to. Oh, that's funny. Maybe so, the old person smell will be less pronounced. 
Yeah, here I am. I'm just here to mummify myself. That you know? fucking so old can... person smell is fucking haunting. You're literally decaying in front of people. Oh, that smell. Yeah, I know. I found out about that too, and I was like, that's actually really depressing. It's like that old people smell is because you're just dying. I don't want to be 80 unless I don't have the decomposing in front of people aspect because at that point, I need to have yeah, enjoyed my life and said my piece. And then you just kind of, at a certain point, you don't want to have your body break down before you're ready. You just kind of have to pick your time and, in my opinion, just just go. Okay, wait, but we got so far away from your wine. I've yes, yes, yes. Like so, <laughs> so you, I, I know you said you like Josh Pinot Noir. So you don't actually like real Pinot Noir. You just like the presentation no, of it. No, I, I like that it gets the job done. It, well, I'm not so, do, so does vodka and, and fucking orange juice. Ugh, I mean. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. We're not being that degenerate. That's, that's well, not excuse me. Right you cannot, okay, you can't put Josh Pinot on the same pedestal as a, a, I'll have you know, I put Josh Pino on the same pedestal as a Smirnoff screwdriver. Oh. The Smirnoff ice screwdriver. You've had some dark... What did Josh ever do to you? I think it's perfectly fine. Same with Starborough. I think when I'm just drinking a wine to drink a wine and I... Okay, maybe this is the difference. I feel like I don't always need it to be some huge experience That's true. That's true. And and I love it. Like, when you do get a really nice wine and you decant it and it's and you have this whole full experience with it and it's a moment. I love that. But sometimes I just want an easy wine to drink that's just there and it gets the job done. And it's it's always the trooper. You only would decant a wine that needs to be decanted. Not, you know, you would decant a wine because it's old, like an old Bordeaux that has sediment at the bottom and you need to decant it. And you would only do that very quickly to separate the sediment. If it's a younger Bordeaux or, or just something that's harder, uh, built to last, a big tannic brooding structure of a wine that's atypical for the more modern wine sense of picking up a wine on the shelf, it's typically ready to go, as opposed to these old Bordeaux, you know, decades ago you'd buy where you'd have to hold them for 10 years before you could start having them. You would decant something like that to let it breathe and soften because it's being described as too hard. But a Josh Pino, I mean, you can decant it for like, ooh, I had this fancy glass thing on the table that people haven't seen. And look, it looks so fancy to decant it. But the whole purpose of decanting is it's it's the antithesis of, of that because it's not meant, it doesn't do anything. It would only degrade the experience of doing that. Not that you would perceive I mean, it. But. Like, when I look at something like that, it's my, it's my tried and true, gets the job done, checks the box sort of thing. And I, I'm not asking I've it seen to nice be looking decanters, more than but. that. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, my cat saw one, too, once, and the first thing he decided oh, to do. No. I guess, yeah, I guess cats, like, depth perception isn't super great, and they can't see see through things. And, yeah, it was it was in this little alcove above the above the sink was this decanter, and it was all pretty and beautiful. And uh, my cat couldn't see that it wasn't just an empty space. And so he uh, he made the great leap, crashed into it, and it created actually a rather beautiful waterfall effect of just shattered glass everywhere. And it was nice to look at and the cat was fine, but it was a bitch to clean up. So if you have cats, spicy, like I know you do just hide the decanter somewhere. If they don't think, you if, know, if I put a space. glass of water on my desk, uh, the cat will stick its face in the glass to try and get it. <laughs> and then when its face gets stuck and its whiskers are all pressed, it starts freaking out because its whiskers are pressed in. It's like an alarm oh, yeah. system and it starts like shaking its head and it knocks the glass over and the water goes in. Yeah. It's, had that happen too many times. Love. I had to drink out of a Contigo. I did. I've got a a uh, water fountain for him. Yeah, we have one as well, but they still want to drink right out of the cup. Really? Chief's never, he's never, um, 
He'll do it sometimes if I'm like about to boil water on the stove and he'll just mosey over and shove his face into the pot. And I'm like, I was going to use that, but I guess now I'm not because well, I mean, any cat owner it, so. knows. Yeah. Any cat owner knows that you, your cat's going to do whatever the hell they want. But I don't even know how we got on the topic of cats. So it was probably me. It's because so, of the decanter yeah. being broken. Uh, right, I, was making, I was making fun of you. Don't decant Josh yeah. Pinot Noir. Do you also like Mayomi Pinot Noir? Well, I, I've never decanted Josh Pinot. The uh, point well, I'm wow. making okay. is... Okay, the, the point I'm making is that there are certain wines that are there to to have a purpose, and it's an easy wine that is reliable well, yes, for just... yes, in that sense, you're correct. But it's not going to be... I, I would never laud that as... Like, if I'm trying to impress someone and I'm going over to a dinner party at their house, I'm not bringing Josh. I had a dinner party recently, and I, I brought out a Finger Lakes Riesling from Constantine Franck that went perfectly with the uh, the fish and everything. But, you know, dinner parties aside, that's a white wine. Um because white wines are freaking great. Um, well, then I, I need to expand my horizons. Clearly, I haven't actually, I've been remiss in LA that I've been here for about a year, pushing two years at this point, actually. And I have not visited any of the vineyards. I mean, it's COVID, so it's hard. I but like, either. I have, I, I need to go do that. And maybe I'll take the advice, go try out some white wines and yeah. California white wines are going to be more focused around Chardonnay, which is good, but California mm -hmm. makes it in a way that I'm not fond of, whereas this big buttery kind of... Oh, I can't. Mm. Yeah, that's California the, the style. buttery, any, any sort of... And that's, I think, when it comes to a white wine is what I don't like the most is I don't want that thick, viscous texture to it. I don't want it to feel in any way like I'm drinking syrup. And that's yeah, why well, it's not it's not syrupy, but I mean, well, I, I mean, in the sense that like when I'm drinking it, if it's so if there's so much going on or it's whatever, it's so sweet or so it's full of flavor or whatever fancy words you want to use, that is going to turn me off because I, I don't want to feel like I'm drinking something that's that's like thick is the wrong word, but I just don't like it. Viscous. Yeah, I'm trying to throw out, I don't, I don't know, use a bunch of, the, the yeah, vis yeah, viscous, I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I, I can't do that, it's gross. Not gonna touch that one. Um, so I, I enjoy, as everyone knows, I enjoy wine a lot as I enjoy food, so the entire point before I go, I have two questions for you, how are you enjoying your wine? It was also self-serving because I want to talk about my wine today, which I usually well, do when I we talk about the you, how are so you, when I, no, 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 I was just, I'm being self-serving and selfish. Um, when we usually do the how are you, which we didn't do today because this is like a new sort of thing and we're just going with the flow. But I also, that's where I usually talk about today. I have a horrible fruit beer, but I like doing that and I'm being self-serving. So I want to do that before I go into the, the, the next part I'm linking to it of my other question of, of how you got to your name. But so today I have an mm -hmm. Austrian wine and, uh, Usterische, uh, Qualitets fine. So just a normal quality, good quality Austrian wine. It's uh, a Zweigelt which I'm very partial to uh, that type of wine because it's what it is, is it's essentially like the body of a Pinot Noir. And in this case, it's like the subtle spiciness of a, a Zinfandel. So okay. you like Pinot Noir. So you're, you're going to have a hard time finding qualities Weigelt in America 
I had to special order this just randomly as I do. Anything from the Skernik portfolio, as I always say. Skernik's only in maybe 13 states in the country, I believe is the number. You'll have to send it to me because- I, I'll put it in the description. I, I mean- Yeah, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I put them in the description always. But uh, Zweigelt is an awesome wine that no one drinks because they can't pronounce it. It's the number two in German with the G-E-L-T, Zweigelt. Uh, behind it, but it's it's just a very it's a wine Austria is known for as their their national red essentially, and it's like a light. It's got the body of a Pinot Noir, the depth and color of like and spiciness and fruits of like a Zinfandel. It's very actually I think like and if you get past the Josh and everything I make fun of, if you get past that to traditional old world modern style, which would be uh like Bordeaux has been going this way in France, but mm-hmm. like Spanish that are are they're not hard they're ready to go when you have them but they have some sort of potential to keep around a bit not that they're going to improve but they just have enough to keep around for a later point because uh, most wines don't go more than a few years at, at that if not one or two like your Starborough is meant to be had in the year it's made uh this is a 2015 which is a great year is probably why this is so good but if you enjoy pinot anyone likes to try new wine uh Zweigelt is you know it has that friendliness where it's not hard it's it's not fruity, but it's definitely not old world style for being an old world style grape. And it's just, I enjoy it. So I'm trying to share that with other people right now is why I'm, I'm doing this self-serving bit. But that's, that's what I'm having today is a, a Skernik uh, Zweigelt from uh, Erich Satwa. So Erich as an Eric with a CH, depending on your dialect, you say Zisch or Zick uh, for German and Zatler, S-A-T-T-L-E-R. But that's just a random producer of it, so... Uh, that is my wine of the day to, to add because I put them in the show notes always and I like to be self-serving and, and share what I'm experiencing with others. That's, I mean, I don't think that's self-serving because my reaction is, what did I just say, right? I want, tell me how to spell it so I can like take a look and and go investigate it. And maybe you can, you know, PM me back and say, you know, learn how to spell it yourself. I don't know. But... <laughs> no, well, no, this is, this is not, this is not Clint Beastwood here. This is a fair, um, this is definitely but, a fair no, question. I... I think self-serving in the sense that you get to share, yes, but you are also giving someone information that is someone like myself who quite enjoys wine. Like now I'm like, I want to go look that up and learn more about it. So it's it's like when we talk about me getting excited about Ranger, uh, this ties into the game because the way that you have your mind open to the world and your perceptions and everything, if you can get excited about, wow, this is a wine that no one talks about or ever has and you don't find on the shelves in America because it's can't fucking pronounce it like like Blau Frankish. You can't pronounce that. It's really good. It's on the shelves nowhere. But if you can find that, I love that too. Another sort of Austrian German uh, wine. Uh, but when you can open your mind to wow, there's all these things in the world I never knew anything about. And when you experience them and have like you know that's that's true joy to me. And if you can approach that mindset in that way, you can translate it to the game. And no matter how old the game is or whatever, when you get on that game, uh, you may fight with someone, you may do whatever, you may but ultimately the game continuing in the way it is is an experience. And if you can approach life and the game with that mindset that I'm sharing and enjoying, as as much as if I am a very pessimistic person and everything, when you can do that, um, I think it just makes people's lives better. So I'm not out to make people's lives better, but I feel happy enough to want to share that, if that makes sense. Well I think that's important, you know, whether we're talking about wine or English muffins with hazelnut and <laughs> hey, uh, I, I think a Nutella uh, is fine, but you gotta get the real <laughs> hazelnut spreads. Well, no, I just think it's it all ties back in that same sense of like what what is the enjoyment, what is the fulfillment you're getting out of something, and and whether it's someone in game asking you a dumb question that maybe makes you go, okay, what fulfillment is this person actually getting out of this? 
whether it's a game or anything else. At the end of the day, something like Final Fantasy XI or, you know, wine or whatever, like if if you get a tangible enjoyment out of it and it's it's something if you're lucky enough to find something that brings you back after being gone for over a decade, I think it can be a very precious thing. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's a lot in life necessarily that that can be like that. So if you're I mean, maybe you're someone listening, I don't know who who hasn't come back. And as someone who did just very, very recently, I, I would highly encourage you to try or maybe come try it out for the first time, because uh, it's a game that's meant. I mean, I have it tattooed all over my arms. So, <laughs> I'd say, you know, give it a go. You know, life is nothing more than an experience at the end of everything. And you will not remember most of that experience because your memory only has a finite ability to recall accurately, no matter how accurate it may feel. And that degrades over time. So, you know, as much as YOLO and everything is is stupid to yell, <laughs> I mean, you you do have to enjoy life in a certain capacity and being able to open your mind to that way of thinking as much as, I mean, it's a bit uh, obnoxious to claim that's opening your mind, but in order, you have to be able to think in a little more abstract of a manner in order, and able to, in order to enjoy a game, to be able to do that of this uh, magnitude, the way this game is different from other games, you can't just jump into it. Like when we first started this game back in the day, you could just jump into it because that game was current. That's how this game was. But in order to really get the most out of this game, and this game has meant the world to me, obviously. I, I absolutely love Kara to death. And my life, that's the best choice I ever made in my life, was her. I mean, I've made a lot of choices. I made a lot of bad choices, made some good choices. But ultimately, I think at the point out in my life, being with her and the future we're building together will be the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And that's happened due to an evolution of thinking and growth that's evolved based on trivial things like wine or food that then seems unrelated to the game, but it really ties into it because your your thought process evolves. And in order to get into this game now, since it's not new, as I said, you have to be able to enjoy it, see the forest through the trees, in other words. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, like these stupid things of wine or, or Wensleydale cheese that I mentioned from Yorkshire, um, <laughs> you know, those things, they may seem unrelated, but who you are as a person ultimately is who you are in this game. And if it's just the, <laughs> Sorry, if it's just the um, you're getting emotional. It's no, no. I just my my I got I started choking at some point from talking too much as I do, <laughs> um, and losing my train of thought. Um, you know, in order to enjoy this game at a certain level, you have to be able to get into that point of it's not it's not Call of Duty where it's instant gratification. Get on, bam, bam, bam. Someone, you know, it, as good as I'm not putting that game's medium down. Um, it's not like uh, the meme that was just posted by Surge here just now as I'm speaking in the uh, Abject's Trash channel of making fun of a Final Fantasy XIV player before walking a mile in their shoes. And all this is someone tying on clown shoes. <laughs> um, as great as that is, like you have to be in a certain mindset to get the most out of it. And I'm I'm not grateful to the game. It's something I paid for to a company to experience and, and have fun in a recreational level. I'm... I'm grateful to them, the idea of the game and what it means for, as I said, structure and stability in someone's life that I want to provide. Like, I enjoy doing this. It's just fucking fun. It's, this is like, this is like free therapy. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just, I want to share that. So that's, that's, you know. But ultimately, to get off of this and onto what I was getting at before of, I have two things, is, so, see cookies. <laughs> how did you come up let's get back into you because this episode's supposed to be about okay. you and not me 
uh, broadcasting to the world in the form of uh, self-validation that I'm seeking, because that's ultimately what that comes down to for me. It feels good, but it's it's self-validation. I want to get more to you here. Um, how did C cookies become a thing? Because I first think of C is for cookie, and that's good enough for me. So I think of it as a play on words, and I instantly fucking love it. But how did explain your whole your whole backstory here? Your uh, your Marvel comics, if you will. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, there was no like wild play on words or any any super pithy high level thought. Aww. But uh, so so but but it's very personal to me, and the evolution even extended into fourteen. But when I first started playing the game, um, I have this great memory because my dad was helping me set everything up because if you remember the first time it was a pain in the ass and it was super confusing to figure out how to make an account and get play online id and all that it was just convoluted and messy so i remember that i was at the character creation screen and my dad was there helping me because my dad was always the one who was very big on on encouraging my love of video games and we were trying to come up with a name for my character and i can't tell you where exactly the name originally came from i don't know what it pulled from but my original name was siaku was s-e-a-k-u i don't know what it came from but i i remember that i came up with it with my dad and we just like liked how it sounded so i was like okay i'm siaku the mithra let's go and when i was in game tends to happen as more so back in the day but uh when people found out or or suspected that you were a girl, they wanted to know what you looked like. <laughs> and FFXI I was pretty players. Yeah, I was pretty young, so I wasn't about to just be like, here's my picture, because that's really weird. So people would ask me all the time, and I loved I loved to bake. And so I would always, as kind of a troll on like whatever, I, I don't even know whatever we ended up using to like communicate with each other, but um, I would send a picture of my hand holding a tray of freshly baked cookies. And I was like, here's what I look like, haha. Cause like you can see my hand and there was cookies and whatever. And so I would always do that to people when they asked. And I ended up, when I moved servers from Remora to Garuda, uh, I renamed myself because the cookies thing had kind of become a bit for me at that point. But I wanted to retain a part of my original identity, which was SEA, which would be C, like the ocean, but it was never originally supposed to be that. And so I combined just C and cookies because I was like my original name and the fact that I like to meme on people with these cookies. So that's kind of how C... Or C cookies became a thing. And then my alt accounts became, well, well, not the alts, but like my, my mule accounts became various things that go into cooking. So like cinnamon or cookie dough or chocolate chip or all these various parts that go into making, making a cookie. Everyone of Paris mules is a vegetable. Yes. Yes. And so then after that, that evolved in Final Fantasy 14 to, from C cookies to cookie bandit. And I kept the same mule, you know, chocolate chip kind of stuff. So it really all just started with uh, people really wanting to know what I looked like and me trolling them with chocolate chip cookies. And it just kind of evolved into C cookies. So I could change it if I wanted to to make it Cookie Bandit or, you know, Katie from whatever. But I always have a special place in my heart for those soggy cookies from the sea. That's C. actually really interesting because you know we mentioned the game being a dating simulator back in the day so to say you had to mm -hmm. people ask what you look like and you show them a tray of cookies 
uh, with your hand. That's actually, in, in terms of your name becoming that in game when you came back, that's actually really, or I guess in general being that, I don't know if it was when you came back or not, but. Yeah, it was an evolution over the course of the original of me playing the game. And then, yeah, so I was C cookies on quits when I originally quit and and then came back. And I've just always, you know, I've always loved it. And it, it's fun, too. I, I like having a name that gets people to engage with you. And it's fun to have people engage with me and either be like, don't steal my cookies or like, stick, keep your hand out of my cookie jar. Like, oh, like what kind of cookies come from the sea? Like it's stupid and it's trivial and it means nothing, but it's it's just a fun, lighthearted engagement you can have with someone that I've always liked too. It's funny because when, when I met Carrot and I never told her father this story, but when he was there watching the wedding via Zoom call, uh, because it was a recent wedding, of course, and they weren't vaccinated to come over and didn't want to come over, et cetera. Uh, all that combined. So when I was there, I told that story at the, uh, it's not like an altar, but what you would imagine the altar is, I guess. So at the altar being like, you know, I knew when you first introduced yourself to me on game as a big burly black man, we were going to be together forever. You know, that kind of, but when I, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, through one way or another, I've mentioned this before. She introduced herself as a big burly black man. Uh, she, you know, she says, hi, I'm a big burly black man. You know, just, I don't know exactly the context that happened in, but you can imagine. Um, that is so... Precious. So fantastic. Yes. I love that so much because usually... That's why I fall like, in love with her. Girls get weird in MMOs because we kind of have to be weird. Yes. That is so hysterical. I love that. That's great. So eventually, when I got to the point on game, you know, we spent just a lot of... She had a boyfriend and everything, too, at the time. I, I was Mr. Steelgill Girl again. Oh, look <laughs> I, at you. I, I've, that's not the first time that that's happened, where they have a boyfriend. Okay, I, yeah. I, I cause problems. Boyfriends beware. Spicy's name is very accurate. Yeah, I, I, I've caused problems. So another... Uh, this is the greatest steal of my life. Um, so well, good for you. eventually, when I got... She reminded me, because she just came in with the cat or something a second ago. Uh, which is I get distracted, of course, by that. But she came in and she goes, I was talking about you and your character. And she goes, remember when you asked me for pictures of myself, which I didn't remember this until she told me. And I just yes! sent you pictures of carrots. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's such a, that is such a both unique experience that girls have playing MMOs and, and also simultaneously like shared among all of us. I love that she sent you pictures of carrots. That is fantastic. Yeah, Carrot Chan sent me pictures of carrots when I said, what, you know, send me a picture of yourself. What do you look like? She sent pictures of naked carrots. Well, you always have to be cheeky. It's. Oh, it's great. Like, that's the immediate reaction is like, okay, I'm, you're fishing for something, but I'm not going to give you what I, what you want. I'm going to give you either something that's joking, like carrots, or like, yeah, I'm going to send you a picture of a tray of cookies, and now you know what my wrist looks like. I fucking, I fucking love it. The, uh, it, it becomes like a, a game at that point, and I love the way the game's being played, and I just, at that point, I knew that the person is like, oh, this person's definitely someone I'm into. Uh, no, I love that. I, I love stories like that, and I think that is a it's a unique but fun, very shared yes it's unique but very shared and it's also an experience that you're not necessarily going to get in real life where all of that information is readily available so i, I like that i think that's uh that, that's fun and if anything that's a great story i i know she might be uncomfortable sharing how you guys met because oh, that's society sucks. It. but yeah but like that's that's a really engaging story. If she told me that over a beer or something, I would be dying. That's great. And see, 
I tell that and people love it like you do and I do, but she's, she's very, she's actually a shy person. So to what she did was very uncharacteristic of herself because she's very, she's a shy person and she would not share that story. And like you and I love it, but like, she's not comfortable at that point. Still, she's getting there. I think that I, I sufficiently try to encourage her on the regular and it's made progress, but she's not comfortable enough to like enjoy that for the value it is. So one day when we're telling our kids how mommy and daddy met, <laughs> hopefully by that point, uh, she's at the point of like, yeah, I sent him pictures of a carrot and he still wanted me. You know, that kind of, that kind of humor she has. Well, for what it's worth from someone that she's never met, it's a great story and she should feel like sharing it. And there you go. So, also, as a newer player, because this comes to mind to ask, you've been yes. talking about getting back into the game of Kalu brothels, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> what else as a player who's coming? I don't know how long your gap was or anything like that. Like, 11 years. Well, yeah, that's right. You did say 11 years. So it's also funny when you said that. I thought of a Nero uh, in the episode 50 talking about nostalgia. He's like, yeah, I had a girlfriend for 11 years who hated this game. And it's like, wow, 11 years for 11. Ooh. And now here you come. Yeah, I've been gone for 11 years and came back to 11. <laughs> it's like, oh, this, this is a cursed number, isn't it? Yeah, no, I know. I actually, I did actually have an ex who was very poo-poo of my love of games. And that's why he's my ex, because if you can't support something I enjoy, then you don't support me. So out you go. Tough, but, um, <laughs> no, I, uh, so wait, so what was the, the initial question kind of, of what, of getting back into the game and hold on. Kind of Carrot sent me the picture that she yes, sent me. The original Let Carrot? me send this to you. I'm going to have to put it in the timestamp here. Please put it in here, the timestamp. I need to witness this. Wait. <laughs> That's what she okay. sent. Everyone listening, I I really I listen to the podcast on Spotify, so please make sure you check it out. I don't know if it's on YouTube or whatever else, but that's actually hysterical. Yeah, so this is about two hours and forty or so minutes in. So that is so funny. Look at I love everything about that just giant carrot. And the green lamp and everything's color-coordinated. Yes, it is maybe a six-foot-tall carrot-stuffed pillow, leaves <laughs> and all, on a dark, navyish blue single armchair with an acoustic guitar behind on the wall, an end table of, like, uh, unpolished wood or something rustic on a hardwood floor with a green lamp and some sort of abstract sea-green picture behind it, and it's this yeah, fucking big carrot draped over a chair. But yeah, no, it's like the the painting and the chair match and the lamp and the carrot match and the, the I I just want to know there's so much to that and I just love Where everything. Where did she find it? Picture. I don't know. And why did someone pose it like that? I don't oh, yeah, know. Someone made that. Made someone had someone to make that. that. That's really magical and I'm so happy that I got to see it. That's oh, man. that's fantastic. That's a great carrot. That that's that's a big carrot, man. That's 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 the carrot of your life. Yeah. <laughs> her burly black man and her carrot. That's a big burly what black carrot. <laughs> oh man, that is. That's great. I forgot that existed. There we go. Nost uh, some great see nostalgia. It's all about the nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia all, part two. It all started with the big burly color coordinated carrot. Oh man, that is that is something out of a fucking uh, home living magazine or something. <laughs> a weird. I don't know if that's. Martha Stewart's magazine. I don't know if that one's. Made I, I don't know what it is. I think it's the wait, free wait. one that comes in the crappy furniture. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to rewind. So, what were you originally? Yes, yeah, so I was going back to that. I, I, so, yes. as a player who's come back and this that, other thing, besides I've Kalu brothels and stuff, uh, what are some experiences after 11 years of, of time that 
you think people relate to or that have been something that are iconic or just like what is more of your backstory here in a more modern sense your your new backstory what is like to share more of you know who you are not who you are in the game but just more of the experience and adventure what's your adventure i'm asking uh since i've come back it's uh it's it's been i think if you're someone like me who who it can be disorienting to come back to a game that once upon a time you understood you understood it at the most intimate level. You were doing the highest end content. You uh, you had the old school scripts for the gear swaps. You were so ingrained in a game. Yeah, yeah. It it is disorienting and disheartening at first when you come back after such a long time and just realize you feel like an infant. And, and you feel like you have amnesia almost of, I know that I used to know these things. I used to be able to run through Yoder jungle and not have to use a map because I just knew where to go. And now you're bumbling about and it, it's kind of like learning to walk again. And it, it took a little bit of time to orient myself around the game and, and get used to all of its funny quirks again. But it's, it's really been a genuinely lovely experience because there was a lot that I hadn't finished in terms of like, I hadn't finished Ot Ergen. I was like maybe halfway through that storyline. I was at whatever, whatever point in Wings of the Goddess, you know, before the 99 cap. So I hadn't done that. I hadn't done Wings of the Goddess. Obviously Rhapsodies wasn't even a thing at that point. Um, uh, records of eminence weren't a thing adeline wasn't a thing a busy all these things hadn't existed and so i've come back and just kind of tried to pace myself in as much chronological order as i can so i first finished ot ergen and then i finished wings of the goddess coupling within that rhapsodies uh, as far as i could until i'd hit you know those hard stops for things and it has been a really enjoyable experience to, you know, learn how to walk, then learn how to, you know, learn how to crawl, learn how to walk, learn how to run, getting back into the game. And now I'm at the point where I'm done with Adeline up until epilogues of obviously the, the time barriers of doing the coalitions to be able to get the plus ones and, and all of that is kind of where I'm at now. And I'm finally at the point where I feel comfortable enough trying to maybe have a link shell and do some of those scheduled events and get back into dynamis and or i want to dynamis but i don't know if it's dynamis i don't i don't divergence, know dynamis divergence yes it's well, similar I didn't but know different it was dynamis or dynamis or how you pronounce whatever die in mass as the joke goes. yeah yeah there you go and now i'm finally at that next chapter of the new you know book if you will and uh, it's funny because it's so doing kind of coordinated-esque content like that. I haven't really gotten back into it yet. And it's oh, something that I love. Well, I loved it because I'm a player. I like being a support player. I like to micromanage and make sure everyone's okay and whatever. And it's overwhelming at first. And I forgot how overwhelming it can be to get back into that. But it's it's been enjoyable too because I know that I'm just taking it at my own pace to kind of just wrap my head around things and become comfortable again. And... The best part of it has been kind of at least how my brain works. I like to set a thing that I'm going to do and accomplish that thing and then move to the next thing because it just helps me not get overwhelmed. And 11 is a game that if you're coming back, back to it, yeah. 11 is a game that can very easily overwhelm you and dissuade you 
from wanting to play it because there's just so much information overload. So I, I would say to anyone who's coming back, you don't have to do it the way I did it, but set these goals for yourself. And within those things that you're doing, whether it's, I'm going to finish Wings of the Goddess. Within finishing Wings of the Goddess, some of those mechanics and concepts of the game will just naturally filter back into your frontal lobe. And it's as opposed to just being something like, I don't understand this and I have to make macros and something about Lua's now and all of these things. I haven't even touched Lua's. And I know I need to at some point, but we'll get there when we get there. So it's been a really enjoyable journey so far. I think you're approaching it in a very healthy manner so that you can enjoy the game and take it as it comes. Because as you progress to this point of Lua's and everything else, you don't get to experience the game in the same way. So when you're a new player and come back and you do the Wildkeeper Reeves, and they're like, wow, this stuff's super hard and challenging, and the tree is terrible. Can anyone help me with the tree? You know oh, that damn tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, see? Um, when you do that and experience <laughs> that as a new player, that's something that you got to experience when Adeline was new as a seasoned player, but it's still there for newer players, and you get to experience the game in that way that you absolutely want to experience. It's just a treat to do that, no matter how much the struggle with the tree may be or so. But you're doing it in a very uh, healthy, constructive manner of breaking it down, outlining some structure, and taking it in small bites. Because, yes, this is one big bowl of spaghetti and meatballs here that you can't just, like, devour in your mouth without choking to death. So taking it within moderation and reason, uh, moderation being key here, and approaching it that way, you're going to have a great time and you'll discover that no matter how long you've been gone, 11 years or so, that the game is still just as rewarding as it's ever been. Even though everything changes, everything morphs and things advance for better or for worse, the way you're approaching it is actually the way I wish every player would approach it, uh, some way more or less, that they just keep it from not being overwhelming because it is so old and deep and, you know... It caused yeah. to shut down when yeah. there's so much like even when I got overload. to yeah even when I got to Endgame suddenly and I I had people in chat who I knew were trying to help but I think they didn't realize that they were kind of overwhelming it was like oh Omen and, and Abyssian and, and Dynamis yeah. Divergence and all these things and like have you done this and have you done this and I'm like whoa 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 like pause pause full what stop what is Odyssey I'll get or yeah like are you working on your mythic and have you R15. done all of all of your assaults and yeah R15 and i'm like what the fuck is r15 at that point i'm like i'm like just stop i i know that you guys think you're helping but you have to understand that they're they're it's inherent not yeah you're excited to help someone and engage with someone in this game but there is inherent knowledge there that you just know because you know it and i don't and it's overwhelming and i also i want to actually understand what i'm doing and there are i mean there's funny moments like well like do you remember killing uh like doc mac or whatever in in adeline he's that that giant um salamander Marvel? that you have um, to kill in the very end of the storyline oh, uh, oh where you have to kill oh, you're talking about the one in the mission at the last chapter where you fight yeah the and like the doe guy and then you fight the salamander guy yes mm-hmm. he was a bit i had to fight yeah, him a couple times I, when it was new because yes. I, my npcs died well, yes, exactly. I, I first went into it and I was like, I'm just going to run up and face roll this because whatever. And and I made that fatal flaw that I might pick at people about and make fun Same of is that I, I just didn't read about it. Yeah. And I just ran in. I got banked and I was like, oh, OK, that's a little embarrassing. All right. Bad. And so then I took the time to actually. Well, right. And people and the AOE and all this spells. and and people in chat were like, yeah, they were like, do you do you need me to come help? And I was like, no. 
I, I have a sense of pride here that I'm embarrassed and I want to figure this out on my own. So I opened up BG and I, I took a look and I was, I was trying to figure out, you know, the best thing. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather try and do this on Summoner than on Dancer because I don't want to have to personally deal with that AOE with the poison or anything. And what are the best trusts for me to pull out? And I think I'm going to use more support trusts than I used before. And I actually took the time to learn it. And then I went in and yeah, it probably wasn't the most efficient way because it was kind of a slow kill, but it was perfectly safe and I was never in danger and I got it done. And things like that as irrelevant in the grand scheme of things as killing that is, doing it on my own and learning and problem solving to myself, I felt a little bit of pride when I was like, okay, I did this and I didn't need help and I figured it out. And I think those have also been really nice moments for me coming back into the game is just uh, problem solving and asking for help when I need it and clarification when I need it. But problem solving for myself has been really rewarding too. And, you know, that's that's on a human level, being able to problem solve and the feeling of accomplishment and fulfillment that comes from being like, Eureka, I've got it. Like when you can first solve a math problem, it feels so satisfying. Like those kind of things. You get that in this game as well, as you were pointing out. So I've never been able to solve math problems. I, I not not myself. I mean, I learned no, to divide. I'll trust that it, it feels good. <laughs> I, I learned to divide, you know, in like you know, some point in school. And that was kind of felt pretty good to learn how to do a long division or something when I was a child. But otherwise, you know, I've not been myth oriented that's why fox is around to handle those matters because i run from it like the freaking bubonic plague yeah i write real good but other than that i i can't there's there's no math in, involved in that. i don't know it's if tough. i write well or not but i write yeah I, I, it's, that's one of my favorite i i'm that person who will say things like you can't modify unique and it's well not good and then what? everyone secretly hates me but you know you can't. You can't modify. Something cannot be so unique or very unique. It can only ever be unique. Fun fact. Oh, okay. That, that makes more yeah. sense. Because when you say you can't modify my... unique, I'm like, what? what is that getting at? Yeah, no. So it, it, here's irrelevant information to make yourself sound like a snobby douche. But you you can't say that, that is so unique or it's extra unique. There, Something, if it is 110%. unique, that inherently with yeah, that inherently within the word implies that it's it's one of a kind. Nothing else is like it. So you can't modify on top of that. So there you go. Crickets as he goes. Oh, God. No, 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 no. I, I think it's really good. But I was, I was I thinking I was thinking I don't know if we've reached the end of this or if there is more. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if there's I, I'm trying to think if there's other pressing questions. I know a lot of this has kind of been a winding road that ties yeah, we, into 11, but also just ties into life. But we've had no outline for this episode so oh i mean outlines okay i will say outlines can be very helpful but sometimes having a conversation that just flows where you'll take it is quite nice too but what if we and don't respect the listener's time well if the listener is choosing to engage with this then it's because they want whatever the winding road is going to give them and yeah. i think respecting a listener's time just seems so like I have issues with that phrase because if well. you're listening to something, well, in, in some ways, I feel like if you're choosing to engage with something, it's inherently, I assume, because you like it. So why I would assume if someone's listening to this is because they do like when you maybe go off on tangents and, and get distracted and whatever. Like I know yes. when I listen to the podcast, I enjoy that, like the random side commentary and whatever. So, I mean, I, I would assume if they're notes. engaging already, then they're okay. Yeah, they're okay with us talking about, you know, wine and, and carrot pictures and all that. And cookies. 
but it yeah, I, that meme comes so. from yeah, and, a, and, 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 that meme comes from a uh, Reddit post about someone essentially who who looked down on us for thinking whatever they think. I'm not going to speculate as I usually do. Um, that they uh, we were not respecting the listeners' time by talking about the wine and the cookies and the carrots and and it should only be eleven stuff. I'm listening to an eleven podcast and just the meme comes from that Reddit <laughs> comment we got of someone just going hard at us like they're there's some you know big dick swinging guy who has the answers here and it's like you're not respecting the listener's time you're trash are you, know? you paying are you paying a fee for this no, no you're not this is i'm a, paying the fee. i i hate oh i i get real issues with people who who just feel entitled to free content like nobody wants to work on yourself if yeah, if someone is providing content free of charge, you have zero right to bitch about that content. Hey, if, if you're it can paying be better, for I'm something, happy to make it better. Well, well, right, and someone can offer constructive criticism, but if you're just sitting there and bitching about something that you're consuming for free, it's like when someone comes into my Twitch channel and doesn't sub and is like bitching at me about stuff, and I'm like, "You're banned. Get out. I don't care about you. Like, you are offering me nothing." I'll so give you to a, whoever that person is, you suck. I'll give you a spoiler. I am not subbed to your Twitch channel because I do not pay to sub to people. So, Well, that's fine, but you're also not in my channel critiquing what I'm doing or asking me to do things. I could be now. You never know. Well, you could now, and it would be also different because we have a rapport and we've sit here talking for hours, so that's fine. You oh, yeah, can this, come in and laugh at me as I just do things horribly in-game. But yeah, I, I just... If you have some concept of social etiquette and be a little self-aware if you're nitpicking at someone because that free thing that they are giving you to consume isn't exactly the way you want it just have some self-awareness a healthy dose of everything yeah you know people suck but here we are what would you at say at least we have our cat well let's do some let's do some favorites here this just came to mind so what's let's what's your, what's your yeah. favorite zone in the game do you have a favorite zone Ooh, 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 ooh that's a great question okay ah Favorite? Well, it's a question. Um, favorite that would that's hard because like there's so many zones that I think I haven't like revisited since I've come back, and I know there's zones I like that I like forgot about, but I actually see in general is one of my absolute favorite places. I loved everything about the monsters, the color scheme, just the design, the music, like wh whatever the. The, the fishy one is that just follows you around. It's just your homeboy. We call them goldfishes, but they were um, yeah. Phobos, I believe is the, the monster. Yeah, like uh, it's, there was something to me that was so delightfully charming about Until your summoner. That I really liked. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's not great. But in general, it, there was really delightful to have engagements because you're used to mobs either ignoring your existence or aggroing you. And to have one just follow you around was really nice. Um, so I would I would probably say C. I think um, oh, what's that place called in Grauberg with the little pixie, the little pixie? Uh, Witchfire Glen. Glen within Grauberg. Yes, yes, I quite like Witchfire Glen too. You go there for Rhapsody's of Vanadia, which I'm sure you've experienced. Yeah, you had to go there eight billion times. It's pretty good. I had to go there eight <laughs> billion times back in the day to make the cure potency Magian staff because you can only hold one pixie at a time. <laughs> but yeah, so I know I know there's some other places that I I'm positive i'm missing but i think c was a place that i really really enjoyed arapaco reef's always been my favorite i've said it before and uh what are your favorites episode or whatever that you've probably seen or somewhere near at this point but arapaco reef is always my favorite i don't know if i've gone back there yet 
it's the music and the experience and the way the zone's laid out and you know just the stories and the jobs on lock core pup and everything you do there and the personal like getting to the Olorusia toll staging point in 75 was a journey I made several times mm-hmm. not only for myself but to mm-hmm. help other people and you had to fight your way through there all the time and people dying and the NM for the blessed hose or whatever the Lamia that only die mm-hmm. only spawn of people die or getting the beastmaster feet at the home point uh, the Olorusia staging point it spawned every like day or so beastmasters wanted the charm or charisma plus feet for charming or something and they would camp that NM and fight with the leeches there and I'd been there with several different people like that that zone to me has encompassed so many things of my starting as a player and everything it's always been my favorite zone the music and everything is just good i like that a lot actually yeah there's some there's some places that are weighty for me just because of like storylines and just the general like solemn ambiance like you can get that in some of the areas in sky for example but um i always think there's just something something about See, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it was all pink and purple and fun. I just always liked it. Car- I don't know if you have any other. No, Kara came in to tell me she's going Quack. to the gym. Oh, good for her. I worked out this morning. <laughs> good for you. Wait, you got no sleep. We talked. I got, yeah. We, we yeah. talked maybe, I don't know, uh, 14 hours ago. And then you got no sleep, went to the gym. And then we started talking three or so hours ago. Uh, so what you got, you, you went to the gym before all this too, I'm basically getting at. Yeah. Um, I hate myself sometimes. So I just, I just do dumb things, but, um, luckily I don't have to go to the gym. We have a home gym in the garage and Uh, she was um, asking if I want to go and you know, I, I obviously, uh, do you ever want to go? Like, you know, you should go, but do you ever want to go? You know, I find it hard because I've been to the gym. I enjoy it. I, I, I'm. I'm a physical kind of person, so the gym to me, I I, I enjoy. I, I understand people get off on that. I, I get off in the same way, but I'm not like I don't like. Man, I can't wait to go to the gym. But I'm a physical person who enjoys feeling the strain against your muscles as you push forward. Like I, I enjoy that kind of thing. So I I understand the concept. I mean, I, I do I hope it because I do, but... it. Yeah, like I know it keeps me healthy and and whatever. Yeah, I'm, but not, I'm not in it for the I health. Just, I hang out with the, my cat. My. My cat hangs out in the garage with me while I work out. It's it's a whole thing, but I mean, good on her for going. I, I yeah. don't like going to the gym. We I've been teasing her. I'm like, you know, you you pay for the subscription like everyone else, and we never go because she got me one too. So it's like I didn't didn't ask for it, but thanks. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah, right. Nothing. Just you know, hey, it was a two for one. But yeah, I don't know if there's any. So- uh, yeah, so your favorite zone was C, mine was Arapago. I mean, did you... We, so last night we talked about the Windurst storyline for Wings of the Goddess. Mm-hmm. You've been gone 11 years, which means you would have missed that storyline, I believe, from Wings of the Goddess, because it was not completed until, you know, 11 mm-hmm. years ago would have been... Yeah, that would have been 2009. So you would have definitely... You would you would have missed all that storyline. Have you gone to Wings of the Goddess besides completing it for ROV? Have you done those other quest lines? Okay, so funny. I uh so I starting nationed Wendy. Uh and for I don't know what it was. I think I just wanted to experience something different. But for Wings of the Goddess, I started it with the Sandy. Which is a pretty line. good story, but it's it's yeah. you know. It's it, yeah. I just Sandy's always been a little too stiff and bland. Well, um, I mean, I did those two. I did not do Bastok's quest. I line. can't get into anything with Bastok. It's just I, so, yep, I didn't eh. do it. I, I'll eventually do it, but 
Yeah, I got I in in some of my things that I was doing to get caught up to speed, I I got all the nations to rank 10. Um did all the COP bonus stuff or not COP, sorry, the all the CP bonus stuff before I actually did anything with capacity points. Um but no, I I've heard that the Winder Swings of the Goddess is really good and I have yet to act actually do it so if that's a recommendation i might have to go set yes, that as a goal on yes. stream to just work oh that. yeah your, your stream if, if you get like a good crowd at a good time save it for a good time of the day when you have people and go do the wings of the god i would even chime in just to watch it again because i i kind of i've done it three times and i want to watch it again it's like Ooh, the really? best yeah I, I did wings of the goddess three times i have three mules or i have yeah i've i done it my main and two mules i have three mules so i, I could technically do wings of the goddess a fourth time but uh, I did it to get the earring and stuff because the mules are pre-eye level, so they actually used to play the game in, in a sense. Uh, the game was different, different points of the game, different points of static and obtaining gear. Things are different now, and my time and resources are different now, so I don't play those mules like I used to. They just hold stuff and craft stuff. So, Oh, uh, well, I might have to do that then, because I, yeah. I love everything about the windy area, the characters. Oh, so. yeah. That came up last night, so I, I figured I'd bring up, did you ever do that? Yeah, no, and and I don't know if Shantoto isn't included. She is. She is. Yes, I love. She is such a psychopath, and I'm the biggest fan of Shantoto. She goes, oh ho 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 ho. <laughs> when I got her trust, Shantoto too. I, I was wish like, it was better. I was like, this bitch is balling out. Like she looks so cool. She's shooting. She, she's like a super saiyan. She's shooting lightning bolts and shit. Oh, that's Shantoto too. Shantoto's great. Yeah, Shantoto 2 is great. The first one uh, that doesn't like glowy eyes with weird balls and shit, which I don't know where that came from, floating around. and She and... looks like a Super Saiyan. Yeah, she does. But the original one, uh, when it casts, it does her laugh animation while she's casting. <laughs> oh, it's great. You get to unlock that one with more effort uh, than the great. login campaign. So most people don't have that one. Well, yeah, because I have... have um. Wait, there's like the Dr. Shantoto one or something too? Yeah, Dr. D. Shantoto. Yeah, D, the... so I have that one, the base Shantoto, the Shantoto 2, because I, I finally got around to to doing the uh, retribution, like oh, the trials quest. or whatever. Yes, and I just ended up like whatever, doing that other quest too. So, so here's the Shout thing. Shantoto, you really quit long. when the level cap was going up, which means you were around for uh, a Crystalline Prophecy, a Kupo, a Mount Kupo de Atat, mm -hmm. and a Shantoto um, Ascension. Shantoto Ascension, yeah. yeah. So did you do that Shantoto fight when it was new? Yes, I did. Oh I man, did. do you remember that? Oh. Shantoto Ascension was fantastic. The hardest of the three. Yes! She, dude, everything about that, I had so, so much good. fun. But like, it was legitimate. You're like, good fucking luck, dude. Like, this is going to be a whole thing. It made ACP seem like dog shit and Kupo seem substandard compared to how good uh, uh, ACA was or ASA, as Shintoto Ascension was. Well, yeah. And I, I think that was something that I liked too, is that that, that kind of like genuinely difficult fight that would take you a little bit to figure out and really kind of uh work your way through is something it was a struggle yeah and i'm not i'm not sure how much of that exists in endgame s it doesn't now, really now but I, I and that's what like i i do kind of miss those fights where you really kind of had to just throw yourself at it and figure it out through blood sweat and tears and and shantoto thank god it was her too because shantoto's whole character like she doesn't play play around and i really like that that shantoto ascension was kind of like <laughs> you know a little tartar punch in the face 
a taru taru punch to the face you don't think it's gonna hurt but man do you fly yeah <laughs> yeah or she's just gonna whatever that move she has is where like her trust where it opens that big like um warp gate of like colors of shit gate. yeah and it just yeah. all comes down on them like everything she does is just so cool she's a bad bitch and she's great at skill training so she is absolutely the greatest trust to have leveling up and even in a higher level for skill chains if you're a newer player like there's no better trust in this game to fight with and level up with than shantoto too yeah and she's just she doesn't care about nothing or, or nobody i it, like it it's funny too because when they changed the magic adjustment in this game for nukes and how magic damage was changed like she benefits from how powerful tier ones became compared to how they used to be mm -hmm. so leveling up she absolutely does all the dd that you need uh, and at higher levels, it becomes worthless, of course, because that's how the game is. But it's funny how she benefits from that change that Essie made that became too one-sided until it didn't matter when it counted most later on. So it's interesting to see how, how powerful she feels when they first changed Black Mage when Eye Level was new. That's how Black Mage felt for a second until Black Mage became like everything is magic bursting with Black Mage before everything became Black Mage doesn't exist nowadays. So Black, I'm so sad. Yeah, Black Mage had that moment in like 2007? Mm-hmm. I remember because I was playing Black Mage then. Something, something along those it was lines. One of, yeah. well, it was one of my 75s that I was playing. Which was but, four years ago, but man, did it seem like, you know, Black Mage was everywhere and it was something. But no, I think that was also, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Black Mage because that was something that I had to get used to too was coming back to the game and asking the question of okay so what is the state of each job in this game because i black mage i had it very well geared it's it was a, a it, yeah and it was so sad when people told me they're like oh black mage you sweet summer child <laughs> it's not it's not a good place that was really sad to hear that and like i'm trying to think black mage was I really enjoyed so I'm, I'm sad to see that it's just not it's not in a good place but also, I want like, it to be better than it is because Black Mage is like Ranger and how they kind of made they, they gave Ranger hover shot lately and they realized Ranger needed a little bit of a boost so they gave Ranger that boost it needs Black Mage needs that and then some so the fact that Ranger as I talked about being like oh man I can't see ever playing Ranger I've never done it in 15 years you know it'd be really super fun to do uh, Black Mage needs the same exact treatment and then I would absolutely jump on Black Mage again because Black Mage was one of my favorite experiences of the 75 era. It was so fun. Because if you had the skill and the, you know, when you play this game for so many hours, like, and you play as a Black Mage, you develop like a skill set of reacting to TP mm -hmm. moves and having like, like a good Black Mage back in the day was very different than today. You would have stun ready for TP moves, like you're nuking, but the point of a Black Mage is to help randomly stun and stop TP moves because mm -hmm. they were more of a deal back in the day. You have so, this muscle memory reaction yes, time yes. to things. Like yeah. you, you start feeling when a TP move is about to happen. Like you, you mm -hmm. start like you don't know it's going to happen, but you feel it coming, even though you, you get, don't like, know. That sixth sense, you know yes. it's going to happen soon, so you're yes. waiting for it. So yeah. that that was part of. It's hard to describe how exciting Black Mage was because that was part of Black Mage, and just having a sixth sense of just randomly throwing a stun out, and just as you do it, a TP move happens. You go, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> it's great you're just like yes oh, i am just, the best yeah. in that moment you literally are like i am the best and, and then what, like ads were more of a thing back in the day than they are now like maybe you have an ambuscade with ads or something but black mage was great for using ub sub red mage for gravity bind sleep good was mm -hmm. huge in content uh dynamis and 
just any content that like, like people trusted Black Mage for sleep more than the Bard. Bard wasn't with the way it is right. today. So I mean, just- well, that's something I liked. I I really enjoyed those jobs where there was busy work. There was just constant busy work for you to do, whether it was managing the ads, like you said, and the sleeps and gravities and, and de debuffs and getting the those bursts. And like you said, stunning. Like Black Mage was such a multi-purpose job where you were just going, 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 going. The whole, yes, it, you were just going the entire time. And it was so fun, especially like you said, once you got into this flow and you were just hitting everything just right. And it was, it really kind of became like, uh, uh, almost a song and dance at, at at a certain point of just like you are into this thing you have a rhythm you can't if you if someone asked you to describe the rhythm you were in it would be impossible to do it you would just have to say you have to just watch feel the There's rhythm no of the fun. night yeah and uh, you know i can't dance but on black mage you know like dancer i was cha-cha and it was a ton of fun you and the cha-cha. I love dancer. Yeah, well, because I, I don't know. I always do that on chat. I'm like, I can't dance. I can, like, cha-cha. That's how much of a boomer you are. You're like, one <laughs> hop this time. Psh, slide to the left. Psh, slide to the right. Cha-cha, real smooth. Any dance that comes with instructions in the dance, I'm there for. Like, slide to the left. Okay, I know what to do. Like, thank you for telling me while I sing it. I also really liked Bard. Bard was always a job that I enjoyed. I, I don't know why I have so much fun just running around and singing songs and just it was yeah i always liked it a lot sorry i lost you for a second oh did you am i back no no you're you're here it's that's uh you know so otherwise besides black mage so that was probably your favorite job right um no actually uh summoner is my all-time favorite very close second third is scholar and dancer black mage probably being like right right under them i loved scholar and Dancer, too. I wish Dancer Scholar was... was better. I've mentioned it many times over the episodes <laughs> here. I'm sure you're going to hear more about me talking about Scholar in the future. And it needs a little more in different ways than Black Mage does. Like, they could fix Black Mage, in my opinion, easier than you can fix Scholar. Yeah, no. Scholar, um, it, the, the Wings of the Goddess um, jobs. I adore Dancer. It's so fun. Um, and I think really it's any job where you're just constantly doing things and you have to pay attention to stuff and react. And it's not just sit there and smack thing. Uh, that's why I never, I've never been a big DD person in any game is cause it's just, yeah, I know it's cool to be like, Ooh, look at all the damage I'm doing. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to be the person who's running around and enabling you to do that. But unfortunately, as I learned, the majority of the jobs that I really liked are just not in the best spot. So, well, I mean, Scholar are. is not in a terrible spot, especially for Odyssey, although people don't yell for it or treat it that way. If you have one, it's definitely great. Uh, outside of Odyssey, yeah, Scholar doesn't have much of a place unless people who care about the job a lot try to take it. And then, like, if you're a good any job, you can play any job in this game, Black Mage Scholar. Black Mage being the hardest of all 22 jobs to try and fit in. But if you're good at any job in this game, Scholar, uh, included that you can just take to a group if you're geared competent if you're passionate about a job in this game you know everyone says play whatever you want which is true but disingenuous to a new player that's in your position where if you're trying to advance people aren't going to take your black mage or scholar so i mean you can play any job you want as long as you put all the effort in the world into it it can be anything in this game you want it to be because the game is not as hard as people make it out to be but yeah those those jobs are Dancer's in a much better position than the other ones, and even then, unfortunately for how Dancer is one of the unsung heroes of this game between its ability to do damage, protect a party, and debuff in a meaningful way, especially 
and more relevant content nowadays with box step and even quick steps important too sometimes just that i mean dancer being unsung and everything those jobs are just you know you have to put more effort into them include dancer it also takes more effort to pay attention as well on top mm-hmm. of all that but you know if you like those jobs and unfortunately people don't ask for them but if if you actually want to play them and enjoy them which it, it, there's a satisfaction in itself of trying to be a dancer in a world that doesn't want a dancer, but is absolutely validated in its existence because that job, I would argue, is in a great position right now, then being a dancer right now is absolutely a great thing to be. And you might have to sell yourself a little bit in yells or as a group, but once you do, and if you, especially if you build a reputation, like if I asked to come on Blue Mage, people were like, oh, well, he makes the Blue Mage guide. He can come on Blue Mage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had that happen too. People say that, like, "Oh, well, I wouldn't normally take a blue mage, but it's you." So, uh, you know, but that just goes to show if you're competent on your job and know how to play it to get the most out of it, and how to cooperate with people, because a lot of jobs aren't samurai where you're just spamming away weapon skills. Like blue mage and odyssey, a big boost of it is by coordinating uh, cruel joke and stuff to kill moms while the other people who are stronger than you go fight to get stuff at the same time while you hold three families of mob asleep as they have doom counting down to kill them, you're not stronger, but by coordinating in that fashion while supporting, providing defense down, stuff like that, it makes that job infinitely valuable to the slot. But if you don't do that and just try to act like a Dark Knight, a warrior, or samurai, you're not really worth the spot, which is why people don't ask for it. So that that's an overall kind of motif for the game too. Well, yeah, and I think, uh, at least in regard to me, um something much like reacquainting myself with the game i'm reacquainting myself with got with the jobs so that includes like basically relearning a job that i used to know inside and out and on top of it all the additions to that job from 75 to 99 and i'm not i'm not there uh summoner i've been focusing pretty much fully on summoner right now to i I like to do like i said one thing at a time so i've really been focusing on summoner and then i know i need to go back over to dancer and there's so many complexities and nuances to dancer that um like no i will readily admit i am nowhere near uh i would say being competent on that job yet i used to be but i'm not and i'm excited that's the thing on right i'm excited to go on that journey of refamiliarizing myself with a job and getting back to that comfort level because that's just another an, another thing that i can work on in the game and having things to work on is is why i do it so i'm looking forward to it that's similar too to me in, in the black mage just you know to have things to work on and to be excited about it is what makes this game enjoyable in the long term so like content and things may have slowed down in this game but being able to get excited about i mean i only play five jobs there's 22 in this game so unlike fox who plays all but warrior because quote warrior is redundant um unlike that there's so much i can get excited about and even him playing all those jobs he gets excited about just min maxing and and you know, like every person has a different way of approaching it in that sense where his satisfaction is not mine but you know we have a similar approach here i would think in that we get excited about just relearning a job we haven't played in mm-hmm. know, 12 years or so and just, you know, getting excited about that. And that's how, you know, how's this game a draw and attract people? And how do you stay interested and excited? It's because once you let yourself get into it like that, uh, those things just as simple as they are, like one day, it's super simple to say, I'm going to be a black mage. That's like super simplistic. 
But the ramifications of saying that and everything that goes into that and having to learn the job and read and re-gear and figure out how it applies to content and mechanics and how you can apply the job in a modern sense compared to the old sense, just everything like that is, it's like a class in itself. And just doing that is, you know, super exciting. It's what the game still has going for it. That whole core structure of the game is what that still is there for. Well, not, yeah, I guess it, uh, to me, I'm like, it's, it's about, it's one of those things that's very much about the journey, not the destination. And that puts I, it in a lot less words. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I would like to get back to the point where I used to be at with dancer, where everything was, or, or black major somewhere where everything was just, I knew I just intrinsically, I knew exactly what I needed to do when I needed to do it, what was the best thing for each situation. And I know I can get back there. So I, uh, sometimes it can be disheartening to be like, wow, I remember that I used to be so good at this and now I'm not anymore. I try to look at it as this is going to be a really fun journey to getting back to that point. And no one's going to hold it against me. And if they do, they suck. <laughs> and like, I don't want anything to do with you. If you're going to be the person who is like, you just came back to the game after an 11 year break and you're not perfect, like go fuck yourself. Like, you know, I'm just not interested in that. So uh, I, and it seems as well that my viewers have very much so enjoyed being on that journey with me. And, and something that's been fun with 11 too, is that I have people who are all COD. They don't know anything about 11 and they'll say it. They'll say, I have no idea what's happening, but I'm enjoying watching you experience it. And I'm like, great, great. I love that 11 is the game where you don't know what the hell I'm doing. You don't know why I'm walking around on the ground looking for this ring in lost and found and and raging this this question mark glowy spot yeah you're enjoying the experience with me and that's all i can ask for and that's that's ultimately uh, i i absolutely appreciate the way you can approach the game in that way so i mean i used to play call of duty many many moons ago when call of duty one was the latest call of duty and just (laughs) walk around being like number one leaderboards and the match just randomly joining and just like and I can't do that anymore. Like, I haven't played Call of Duty in as long as you haven't played this game. So, I mean... Well, that's what Clint Beastwood wants to do. <laughs> he, it sometimes, it sounds like he wants that COD top of the leaderboard experience without the Final Fantasy XI understanding Please involved. spoon feed me my COD oil. <laughs> I need my baby food, please. Thank you. I am Gerber, and you will accommodate. So... Yeah, I can't just place myself in there like I used to be. So I understand the whole uh, FPS sort of, you know, oh, back in the day they had um, FPS Dave with his boom headshot with the pure ownage sort of like before like the montage reels and yes, the sniper yes, reels and yes, all that. Yeah. Like, like when the internet was still kind of in its infancy somewhat compared to today and just having that and, I, and, and knowing that culture and experiencing it and being able to relate to it in a similar way. If I didn't understand 11, there's some sort of overlap there in terms of it may be a different medium and everything, but there's some things that translate there. So I can understand how they could enjoy seeing you kind of butt heads with the game. Because when you, you play an <laughs> FPS, you butt heads with everyone around you and the game itself. So, you, you know, all you do in there is butt heads. So in order to see that in Lost and Found is more relatable than like, I killed a hippogriff. I leveled up, you know. Yeah, what I I think, too, at at the end of the day, like, they are there to see me be engaged with something. And my I've told them forever, like, I wish you guys 
could have seen me when I played 11 because then you would see a version of me that you will never see a better gaming version of me than the, the Katie who used to play Final Fantasy 11. And now I'm actually doing it again. And they are getting to experience the, the love and passion that I have for this game. And as I reacquaint myself with that game, and it has, I think, all around been a, a wonderful experience, not just for me to get back in the game itself and have my actual original character, but the people that I've met through it, like meeting Funk and through Funk meeting, meeting you and being in the Discord Aww. and and all the new viewers who have come into the stream who have been so incredibly helpful and just good vibes. Like, like there's a guy named Your Ice and I thought it was you rice for forever. And I just kept calling him rice. And then one day, one day he was like, you know, it's ice. Right. And I was like, Oh, that would make a lot more sense. But I mean, I do... not really. Cause I would think you rice as well. Yeah. You rice. And I've, built all these budding new wonderful relationships out of it and this is what i meant when i told my stream all that time ago that you will see the best me and the best stream when i am playing this game because i love it so very much and now i get to experience that with them and i get to do this podcast so thank you again for having me on it's just it's been it's really been delightful even if I didn't get a lot of sleep this morning, I literally woke up like a kid on Christmas. I was like, I get to do a podcast about Final Fantasy XI. This is great. <laughs> you know, I'm completely flattered and humbled that you see this podcast as simple as I think it might be as something that would get you that excited like a kid on Christmas. So, I mean, that's that's really awesome. And I'm I'm very humbled and flattered by that. And I've absolutely super enjoyed you having been on and our conversation today. And it's been 100%, 110% uh enjoyable and just beyond the most unique <laughs> it is it is more than i could have expected or hoped for and i mean this may be a quote-unquote filler episode but it is absolutely yeah. on par or exceeding any other episode we've done before and i am i am grateful that you came on and view us that way and i am i absolutely love having you on i would love to have you on again and and everything too this has been this has been magnificent so well, the feeling is mutual and and seriously, I'm I am very thankful that that Funk decided to even make that like just posited, hey, would you want to go do that? And I'm like, yeah, if they'd want me to come on. So if you guys ever, ever uh, feel like I'd be a fit for another episode down the road, I am a thousand percent on board and I'll have to I'll have to take one of your beer recommendations or wine recommendations. <laughs> Don't take the fruit beer recommendations. Away. They're only tongue in cheek. No, but if there's if there's a good sour beer recommendation, then I will absolutely grab that or a wine that I can feasibly get my hands on in L.A. Uh, next time we run it back and, and do this, that'd be my pleasure. I, I believe California is one of the 13 states due to how it's, you know, technically the fifth largest economy in the world if you isolate it. So I believe California is one of the 13 states. Uh, Skernick's more east coast, east side of the country base. But I believe California is one of the 13 states that Skernick is uh, a participant in. Because for those who don't understand, uh, the prohibition of America, which destroyed all the breweries and all the culture and tradition this country had because some people had some problems. So why not just up, you know, throw the whole baby out with the bathwater and get rid of all alcohol as if that would work and, you know, uh, rob the country of any tax revenue and, and, and solve the problem you can't solve that way by saying no. But nonetheless, when prohibition got repealed, part of the re uh, repealing of prohibition was every state got to ratify when alcohol was legal again. So Alcohol was last legalized in Oklahoma in like the mid 60s. 
So people who are alive today lived in a time of prohibition still in the country. Jesus, I didn't know that. Yes, every state repealed it on their own level in their own time. And there's still dry counties, as people know to this day, where you got to drive to the next town over to buy alcohol because your county says it's dry. Prohibition has still actually never left this country. And the breweries in this country, I think only recently in the past year or a couple years, have finally met the level of number of breweries they were at before Prohibition ended. But nonetheless, all of that comes into part of the repealing of Prohibition created a middleman, a capitalistic middleman, where the places that sell you wine are only part of the chain. Uh, mm-hmm. Wine, beer, liquor, you know, any, any sort of stuff like that. There was a distributor that was created as part of the repealing of Prohibition who comes in. And the places that you go to buy stuff, the stuff is put there by a distributor. The wine place or the beer place or the liquor place has to deal with a distributor who carries and sells that product, a designated middleman, which is different in every state in the country. So what every state has differs from every state. You can't like some things are ubiquitous. If you want Josh or Starborough, that's in every state, essentially. But beers, especially you see it with, especially craft breweries, only in certain Mm -hmm. states, sometimes only self-distribute. But a middleman was created. So stuff that you would get in other states. Uh, is determined by if that state even deals with that distributor. So I believe Skernick is in California. I could Google it real quick, but I'm not going to. I was Googling it's S-K-U-R-N-I-K. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So I'm pulling up. Well, um, like once we're wrapped up with this, I would very seriously love if you have recommendations from them because, yeah, they they have a California office, it says at the bottom. So that means if you go into a California uh, liquor (laughs) store and they deal with wine in a serious capacity, you could talk to them about special ordering Anything that I've had that I've listed because all oh, this Vigos, the Blau Frankish, many of the Rieslings, all that, I, I get them through Skernick. I special order all those because they are a smaller portfolio. They're not like, you know, they're not like Constellation, which is Corona, Mayomi, Pinot Noir, stuff like that, like huge you know, Anheuser-Busch style uh, conglomerates. But Skernick mm-hmm. is a small profile, German, Austrian, French, Italian kind of high quality uh, quality over quantity portfolio distributor. So their stuff I know is generally going to be good, especially for the price oftentimes. But there, you have the whole issue of states in, in America with prohibition having the middleman. Many states, the majority of which do not handle with the plate. Like stuff I get, you can get it in Jersey, you can get it in California, you can get it in the Northeast. But it's, you know, it's like Malamars, which you do not have in California, but we have in the East Coast. Like you don't have those cookies, we have them. So... It's the same thing with with that kind of concept. Well, I like that. I mean, that's it's fun to come onto a podcast and and learn things from it, even if they're, you know, learning things about trivial. eleven, learning things about and not trivial, but like it's it's a fun thing to come away from something and be like, okay, wait, I want to follow up with you and know what wines you recommend, and then look into ordering those wines, and then look forward to getting the wine and trying the wine, and like that's that's why something like a podcast and meeting people online, as we circle back to that, can be <laughs> such a fulfilling part of your life because you will come away from it with more than you ever anticipated. So I'm I'm lucky to be able to experience that. And thank you again. It's been it's been great. Yeah, no, this is seriously, it's my pleasure. And and again, uh, if there's anything of fit in the future that'll work, just let me know and I will make it. Uh, I will make it there. Of course. Well, th- thank you a lot. And we don't have Fox to play us out. So I don't know if you want to take the old good line of see you guys and play us out or if I will do it. Uh, I will let you take it away. Maybe I can next time I come on. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that because now you're <laughs> going to come on again. 
So uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if anyone there sees me and assassinates me by the time this is out, enjoy your life, everyone. So <laughs> I will say, I will say, see you guys.